the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company, and I've been vilified and hated since that day. So this is No Sold, episode five. Here we are again. We got a nice fun one for you today. Best in the world, the voice of the voiceless, the Second City Saint, CM Punk. We're going to get into Punk in a little bit. I got my guys here, Ron and Don Harris, Jesse and Festus. Oh, Frank. Um, are you you're jesse no i'm pointing to you I was or gonna, whoever yeah you're i mean my... you're you're bigger just by I have to be oh. i know yeah the fact I mean, at least, listen, I, at least had, i grow into a, somebody right he had a better career yeah, I was yeah, gonna say, yeah like you actually had a solid career i'm just terry gordy's son <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's terry gordy's son right yeah uh, jesse festus a little shout out thanks to uh his his uh membership Real in this quick, uh, straight edge we society don't forget our we don't want to forget our manager mr frenchy martin <laughs> dude it's it's the brain <laughs> give me the brain you, no i'll never not get, i'll never get fucking to... not what you're calling us the harris boys you give me arn and telly I know, i'll give you we're working our way up to that we're working our way up to that you know you almost got the blues you, you almost got the blues brothers this week but i gave you the ron and don harris version i actually prefer the harris brothers i think the security creative control <laughs> creative control yeah there you go. At least well, you they get... had the straps. They Just... won the WCW tag team straps. Oh, gosh. They and they did. meant a lot at that time. They did. Well, you got this is the East West connection, the real deal right here. We got Frank and Duke. We uh we're gonna get into punk in a little bit, but we do want to touch on last week's super fun episode. We had some of the best feedback yet. It's now our most watched, most streamed episode. So we're pretty excited. Um, we did have some cool comments for the dream matches, the fantasy matches episode some from zern i wanted to mention our birthday guy happy birthday happy birthday Mike. zern also birthday. real quick happy birthday happy yes. birthday mom dukes oh uh, yeah happy birthday share her birthday zern happy, and my mom wow happy birthday nice. sue shout out happy to sue. birthday zern love you so mike came in he was coming in a little hot with some of our uh sting yeah, some of our sting love he he was he really buried sting but I don't want to give that too much of our energy. Yeah, right you don't now. even. We're not going to grace that right now. I, I, I do want to call him a G player or something. <laughs> what, <laughs> Frank? Do you agree with this slander? I think Sting is overrated, but like I get it. I get Man. the appeal. You know, he just was never. I'd like Crow Sting. You know, obviously I was deep into that shit, but you think I like, think he's overrated, but I I respect Sting. I respect Jeez. him. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Frank and uh, Zern share that. I, I love Sting. So, Jeez. but Dern, uh, Zern came in with some some dream matches of his own. I wanted to mention really quick. He had uh, Shawn Michaels, and Shamrock versus Doctor Death. <laughs> no, actually, he kept it April. real. He had a nice card <laughs> from, emanating from Pittsburgh. Actually, he he kept it specific, but it was Shawn Michaels and The Rock, which I would give some love to that one. Uh, we mentioned that, didn't we? I don't know that we did. I don't think we did, no. actually. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we did. Somehow we forgot that one, but that would have been excellent. And then we had the Battle of the Pittsburgh Legends, a heel Kurt Angle versus Bruno San Martino in the main event. Bruno takes that one. Bruno takes that one, sends the crowd home happy. Squash at him. Squash. Ankle lock. 
ankle lock. Speaking of squash matches. What's Britt Brit Baker? Britt Baker maybe at the end there coming out, raising the hand. Of yeah, the... there you go. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, also from Ed Zaranowski. Big Ed. Zaranowski. Zaranowski. Big Ed. What's up, Big Ed? He had uh, Austin and Piper, which is a cool one. Oh, that's cool very one. cool. They actually interacted too. That was and on uh, on a mania. Yeah. Right. Later on, obviously, pretty yep. later on. And uh he hit us with a couple tag matches, FTR versus the Brain Busters. Mm. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think that's love... like that's like the tag team match, you know, yeah. when I think and of that's... like a you know, like yeah, they're very similar. Cool and like I love FTR, like and I liked them before it was cool to like them. Yeah. So was that the revival? But I, I'm not ready to I'm sorry. Was that the, the revival? revival? Yep. yep. In NXT. I'm not ready to put them in like the dream match category for me. Well, uh, well, Ed did. Ed did. He sure did. It's a, it's and a cool he, it's a very, that. it's a very cool matchup. And he also had the Heart Foundation versus the Midnight Express. Could have ah, happened. Could cool. have happened. Yeah. Could have happened. That that was one. Um, did you guys have any others, or in, just in general, how you how did you enjoy that show? It was fun. Like I said, we got the best feedback yet. How'd you like? Yeah, it was, cool. it was, it was it very was fun. Cool. Yeah. And we were kind of like you know, full transparency with the audience. We were kind of like unsure how to approach it. Like, do we want to do like actual fantasy matches like John did, you know, with um, Cody Rhodes versus Ric Flair <clears throat> or like, you know, two guys that actually could have fought and like we all approached it differently and I think it turned out great. So thanks for all the positive feedback. Yeah, definitely. And it was a lot of fun to do, actually. It was. Yeah, it was I, cool. I, I want to see all those matches take place now. I, I would definitely be front row center for Frank's card. I loved it. Yeah. Man, it it. A, I think I think that's a pretty sick card. Like I keep looking at it. I'm like, damn, that, that would be so fucking cool to see all we'll, that. We'll have to reenact it in No Mercy someday. Yeah, yeah No Mercy. Or the new AEW game. Uh, maybe they got some creative wrestlers if or something. That, which did you which see is that, just Frank? like No Mercy. I know. Like, I know, every, dude. The game plays like No Mercy. It's exciting. Yeah, oh, maybe you man, can have some created created slots. True. Yeah, make some legends. But well, you know, in that game, there's going to be like 600 created slots because let's do it. You know, hopefully, new video games. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Like like no mercy. It looks like, fun. Yeah, like looks mm-hmm. fun. So yeah, that that show was very fun. This one's going to be fun. I did want to bring up uh, one that I had that just real quick, and it was because I was listening to actually Jake and DDP have a a podcast, and I was checking out. <laughs> So Jake, I mean, up, it's nowhere near as high as ours, probably, but uh, it's prestigious. Yeah, exactly. You said it. You said that. Uh, Three no names as opposed <laughs> to two Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, but we have. Uh, so Jake talked about how he had unfinished business with the Warrior, and it got me thinking. Shit, they never, mm. they never got to finish oh, what they yeah, started. No, they all sure those didn't. vignettes all that build and i just like i remember as a kid loving that stuff they build up to what and even they, ever happened so warrior like, actually got fired at the oh, yes. oh, okay. SummerSlam, Damn. right wow. at the yeah. end of SummerSlam, yeah. he, he okay. walked to the back after the match vince fired him and okay. jake supposedly you know jake tells stories like anyone else you know where i'm going frank right yeah vince looked at jake and was like you got the worst luck pal and <laughs> There goes he was Warrior. Supposed to win the title too, or whatever. Jake was wow. going to fight Warrior yeah. for the title, and then they... Jake ended up going WCW, right? Yeah, not too long after. Uh, wow. Obviously, WrestleMania Eight was his last thing. But you know, I was thinking Jake and the Warrior was one for sure for me because we actually got to see the build, but not the match. So yeah, 
It was interesting. I think I even mentioned it in the last one. Like a lot of these guys kept coming up. Like for me, Jake kept coming up. Yes. Because like they're just great storytellers. Yeah. Like Jake and Hogan, I thought of would have been mm-hmm. sweet. You know, like so I think it's like Jake and Punk. Yeah, and Macho Man comes up a lot and Kurt Angle comes up a lot because he's a great yeah. like wrestler, you know. I thought it was interesting how that all those names kind of kept going through your mind, you know. Yeah, I tried really hard. I mean, Frank really approached it a cool way by including all of his favorite wrestlers. I mean, I could have just did that. I like yeah. that idea. It was cool. I think that the cool thing is though, you know, it can be anything. You know? Yeah. So it was no matter how we approached it, it was a lot of fun and different. It was. It was real fun. That's one I, w- I was thinking about, though. So Warrior Jake just wanted to throw in there. And I want to say, like, Warrior, he got into talking about his hatred and his, like, despise uh, for for Warrior after that. He carried it for so many years. And uh, he uh, actually made peace with him at the Hall of Fame. I'm sure everybody that, mm. you know, kind of watches WWE knows the story. But they got to reconnect at the Hall of Fame. And Jake was going to approach him and talk, tell him how much he hated his guts. <laughs> he didn't they actually like made their peace warrior passed away two days later i think mm. and and Dude, jake it's hard it's hard and jake but jake was like so relieved that he got to bury the hatchet and uh sure. he had a cool quote that he said on on this podcast he said hating someone is like drinking poison on your own and hoping the other person you hate dies it yeah, doesn't man. it doesn't work you poison you, agree, you poison yourself with carrying that hate more than the other person will ever even know so that kind of ties a little bit into our guy today. We'll we'll get into that with CM Punk. Some some uh some hates, some grudges, but it's gonna be fun. Last week was fun, and now we're gonna get into the man of the hour. So before we get into punk, we do want to touch on a little bit of current stuff. There's a uh, punk is topical right now himself, some AEW action. Let's start with AEW. It was huge. Uh, at least news and reaction. The match itself, I don't think we can call it huge and memorable in terms of length, but it, it got us talking. So you guys, real quick, uh, what did you think about the Moxley Punk showdown, so to speak? The finger poke of Doom 2022? Yeah, not quite that bad, but uh, definitely surprising, I guess. You know, I was anticipating, especially when it went on right at, you know, the start of the second hour of the show, I was like, are they going to get an hour? You know, like, are they going to do the full hour, this main event? I was like, holy shit, that'll be sick. I'm watching it over here in the West Coast. So it was like six o'clock for me. And I was like, oh, they're about to get the whole full hour. Um, So it was surprising the way it ended up just killing him. Sure. Hurts his foot, I guess, you know, gets a couple of the finishers. And then that's a wrap. No one expected that. And I could see how people are disappointed, you know, like if you're tuning in, hoping it's the biggest match in AEW history, arguably. Um, I can see how that's disappointing, but I think the intrigue is there. You know, how Punk was selling that foot so bad, walking out, looking at the crowd as they're celebrating Moxley in the crowd. You know, I just, to me, there's clear, like, intrigue to this story you know and i think it's it can be cool i understand being disappointed though by the matchup but you're you're hyped up for like this huge match and it's not much of one but i thought it was i thought it was interesting and it was shocking and it's like a moment like we say like all the time it's a moment that you'll remember for better or worse you know so i don't know i'm into it i'm curious to see what happens on dynamite coming up what leads into the pay-per-view like they have me you know i just hope it's 
doesn't just end up being something lame. Like he's really just not working, and then that's that. You know, that would oh, be that, disappointing. You mean if the injury is legit? Yeah, or, like he's... or or he's being problematic, whatever the case is. Yeah, I just hope that this is leading to something else at the pay per view. Right, we get a we get a proper payoff one way or the other. Duke, what'd you think of the match, uh, quote unquote? Yeah, I mean, shocking for sure. Um, I think I don't know anything. Again, we never claim to know anything backstage or whatever. I think he's probably more hurt than they thought initially. That's the only explanation I have, unless they want to put the strap on him in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But um, you know. I think he was probably more hurt and I give him credit for, you know, doing the honors for Moxley and like doing it in pretty ridiculous fashion. Like Moxley fucking killed him. Yeah. You know, and like good for punk for like being a professional and doing that for him, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, good for Moxley dude. Cause he's been awesome yeah. as champion in my opinion. I don't agree with him fighting like, you know, like, why does Mance Warner get a title shot? That's weird. Mm-hmm. But he fights mm-hmm. every week. And, like, you can tell, like, guys that love the business, you know, like, they yeah. want to wrestle every single week. Brian Danielson was under a, a mask wrestling on Dark. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. these guys love pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here. Not tangent. It's a good thing. Yeah, You know, like, I think I give Punk respect for, like, doing that for Moxley. But I don't know anything. Like I said, I think he's probably more hurt than they initially thought. And or they want to put the strap on him in Chicago. I don't yeah, know. it felt like, like yeah. we don't have a world title match now. Like, it. yeah. They, and like they haven't out. even brought anything up. So right. yeah. I feel like it has to be them two again. Right. Like you have a week. Right. You have one Wednesday, week. Wednesday. Yeah. It's one week from t- Sunday. Right. So, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool that Moxley gets that big win over Punk in Ohio, you know, because he's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. And then I also like the intrigue of CM Punk being cursed in Cleveland, you know, like everything about a WWE in Cleveland, the UFC's and his first ass beat is in Cleveland. You can tie into that stuff. Title. Yeah, he loses the title in a squash match in Cleveland. Yeah, so I think that that's cool. cool. I think that's all this. I think all this stuff is interesting. You know, I just it's just so out of the ordinary, I guess. So yeah. it's sort of like, I guess we'll see how it goes. But that's what I like. I like not knowing the exact and know, shit that we're working into. the crowd like as he's going out looking mm-hmm. back like that, For you sure. know. Yeah. Which as we get into this, he's always done that. Oh, and yeah. The guy yeah. is like I'm yeah. telling you, you're gonna hear me gushing a lot about this guy. Yeah. Well, as far as the that match there with Moxley and Punk, I, I gotta assume that maybe they wanted to get the interim label off of Moxley if Punk is really hurt, or yeah. or like you yeah, said, like, hopefully yeah, they're building to something. Yeah. You know, but I did. I was shocked. Um, I wasn't disappointed because you know it's it got us talking. It was a yeah. moment. Uh, we never seen anything like that before, especially. No you know, in AEW, they usually deliver mm-hmm. with their promised matches, but that was a big one. Um, so if nothing else, man, my man Moxley, it's just another, you know, notch under his belt to, to be a guy, the, the guy now as, like, mm-hmm. as he called himself. So to make himself a made man officially already was to me, but he's been a great champion. I didn't like the interim label. Now he's official. So we'll see, maybe he won't have mm-hmm. it past Sunday, but mm-hmm. it was definitely a cool match uh, or a cool moment. I should say, I'm sorry. One thing I noticed watching AEW is there's just so many guys walking out with championship belts. It's like 
I get it. They're from other companies and stuff. Some of these championship belts, but to me, it's just like overkill. It's actually confusing, but maybe I just got to keep up with my NJPW and my ROH a yeah. little more. You know what I'm saying? But everyone's got a triple A triple a you know yeah. there's just so many belts it's like everybody yeah, everybody gets a i could get how the yeah yeah i agree with you. I, I could get how like average joe tuning in but to me i look at it i just look at it you know we just look at it from different perspectives i look at it more like these guys are fucking champions everywhere they go you know what i mean like i think it's cool but they were like but that they belong to this show you know what i mean so they go to mexico and they run shit they go to new japan and they run shit you know what i mean but they're eight they're representing AEW. i look at it that way you're talking about uh, ftr right now or ftr like... sammy and ty conti have some triple a title ty um, mellow you know, excuse me mellow excuse me <laughs> excuse me um Time yeah mellow. you know so like that's how i look at it sure it does especially when you only have three hours tv you know like right. it can be like oh who are these guys with the i don't love when um, for example, like Will Ospreay, like in this show, him yeah. and his crew come out with straps or whatever. And because then it's like, well, who are these guys? But I get it. But it also makes them feel more important for the person who doesn't right. know who they are. You know, can I can see can, both sides of it. Can I make a Will Ospreay point real quick? You guys can jump all over me. I, I, ha I have to just I have to bring it up. Can we call what he does something besides wrestling? <laughs> like can we call it you know a choreographed dance routine or a, a, a gymnastic sequence can do we have to call it wrestling i want to know if we can come up with a new name for what he does and it's not him i guess i'm singling him out but like they're all kind of you know responsible for yeah like, i feel like over choreographed looking stuff to me is super distracting it doesn't bug me quite as much i guess as like a little bit of a lucha libre guy you know what i mean where it's all choreographed and they're all just running through their spots you know what i mean they're running through and doing reversals and bouncing off the ropes and doing it and like and then they pose and that's like every lucha door match you know has it mean? always like, been how long you been watching always lucha? always been always been because with lucha i've always felt like they do have intent to hurt or win matches it doesn't Dude, like you'd be surprised at how much of a dance a lot of those are you know like if you go back Especially go back and just to watch old Sakosis and Ray Ray. Well, you know I was. I, mean? I was watching really, a little yeah, bit of that. Like, and even RVD, like I know he did maybe some unnecessary tumbles before a move. Mm -hmm. Like, because I'm a, I love RVD. But because people, you know, jump on me for that stuff. Like I'll attack Will Ospreay in his style. But it's like, if you don't have the intent to like make your person submit or pin him, what are we doing? It's like, in, I mean, if, but I feel like they do ultimately, right? Like at the end of the day, he fucking elbows the shit out of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, how he gets there, you know, is a little listen, it's not my favorite shit either, you know. But I do think what he does is so impressive, you know, like he does athletically, he's yeah, insane. He does stuff that I'm like, holy moly. What'd you guys think about a the rest of AEW now that I just ran and raved it? I thought uh, it was a decent episode, you know, like it wasn't the best to me. You know, I think the two weeks prior were like banger, banger, like episodes of Dynamite. I thought it was fine. Uh Jay Lethal. I had a good match with Dax. You know, I'm not a huge uh, Jay Lethal guy, but that's a good match. You very know, very good match. Good match. Um, Dax should have won that Brett uh, the Owen Hart tournament. Excuse me, Owen Hart tournament. Can you imagine right now how that would have? I know what that would have been yeah, doing for him. I know should have. Um, you know, dude. and I thought the United Empire Death Triangle match was very good as well overall. Even you did like it. Osprey. It was. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. That was a long one too. It was. Yeah, it felt like a main event. You know, so I did enjoy it, but like you know, Duke, what'd you think of Dynamite from what you watched? Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I thought last week's was a lot better. Um, it was a rare thing where the build was better than the payoff for me. 
Yeah. Um, and you know, if Punk's hurt, you know he's hurt, right? Yeah. Like, hopefully I'm not. not. Gonna, yeah. I mean, um, it's unfortunate, you know, because I was like, I was so like, I was like, finally, like Punk, like let's go, and then, you know, he's gone again. You let's, know. Um, let's and hope to not. your to your Will Osprey thing, um, I hear you. Like I'm kind of like i find myself the grumpy old man now as well like uh but i think that pro wrestling comes in all different forms and like i can i can appreciate that and enjoy it you know is it it's not my cup of tea as you said but i can at least like enjoy stuff about it and i'm actually looking forward to um will osprey and the empire against uh kenny and the bucks i think that will be yeah that's true yeah i do really think that's cool. gonna be like, like there's a lot of heat in that match right, too, like with osprey heat, and omega right like kenny and will osprey have been going back and forth for a long time so i think yeah. you know and yeah, uh I do, I do think yeah i mean match. dax yeah man sometimes you just sometimes things gotta change man because that mm. guy's a fucking star dude let's shift over real quick um to wwe because i don't know if either one of us have it's too much to share from one week to the next. We talked about WWE last week. Real quick, my very, very quick points would be, I, I think I was uh, harping last week on the GM stuff, and I noticed it again, and it's just like, it just gives me that high school principal, you know, messing with his unruly students vibe still. Uh, so, like, still can't get past that. I heard a quote Triple H said he wants to, quote, legend he wants to create legendary characters that will create unforgettable stories that's his goal my question to that is he's not he's not doing so good <laughs> i mean well he's bringing in guys that he yeah. had is and... he bringing in guys or is he bringing back guys that's what i meant excuse me bringing back guys right and they're coming in quote unquote cold like if you want to create characters and build them up like you better start introducing me to some of these guys because as someone who didn't watch NXT, like I don't really know what they're all about. I know Gargano very well and some of these guys. I'm intrigued by Loomis. But anyway, that's my little just two cents on if he's going to try to you know live, live up to that quote, you better start building these characters and telling me about them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know with bringing back all these nxt guys you know who were let go well because like i get johnny gargano he was going to be in one of the shows you know so like but i feel like it was kind of random how they brought him back too you know he just come back from commercial and like i was in a meeting and i turned around i'm like oh well i guess this guy's back you know what i mean like I just, it was weird you know but i guess it's cool it's surprise whatever but i just don't know like is gargano is gargano gonna beat fucking like, did you watch a lot of nxt doing? frank did you watch a lot of uh, I watched NXT? enough. You know, I didn't watch a ton of it, especially when it was Wednesdays because I would watch AEW over it. Because he was but, really uh, like the program with Ciampa and him. Like I yeah, was I, I, I really yeah. like that. And I think he's a good storyteller with Ciampa. I don't know too much of Gargano with anyone else, I'll be honest. Yeah. But uh, anything else I've seen with them is Cole, Ciampa, and Cole really is all I know about Gargano. You know, like in terms of matches and, and like I'm sure they're good. I just yeah, I just don't know like does that get me to tune into raw nxt like i loved nxt in its heyday and like you said johnny gargano is a tremendous storyteller um him and even before he feuded with champa when they did like the tag team tournament and then like um they've had so much stuff where like and he sells his ass off like 
you know, like I, I do love Gargano. I do. I think he's yeah. really good. I, I think um, we saw his weakness Monday night. Unfortunately, we saw him in the middle of the ring with the mic in his hand. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's probably his weakness, you know, because in the ring, I think he can hang with anybody. I think his storytelling's there. He sells, like I said. Um, he had great matches with everybody. Him and Cole, dude, if you guys haven't seen that at the one takeover show, that was one of the best matches of that year, in my opinion. From what I saw from Johnny Gargano, uh, which is a good amount, but I think he has he can connect to the audience. Yeah, Out of all these guys man. they brought yeah. in, I do think he's got a chance to be like, yep. I don't want to put the Daniel Bryan label on him uh danielson but he's got a chance to at least connect despite no i wasn't and it's not like you know uh uh putting brian down or anything like that it's just a case where like yeah i've been wrong before man yeah listen we're doing a show about a guy that is the most unlikely world wrestling federation i'm sorry wwe (laughs) champion well years history Yeah. yeah Like, look at the dude. Nobody expected that from him. So who the hell knows, man? You know, and like Loomis, like Frank said, he looks like a WWE superstar. Yeah. Yeah, like absolutely. Carrying cross, definitely the presentation with Ian Scarlett, you know, but I don't know. Maybe the whole business is changing. You know, yeah, and like in charge. Listen, man, they have a lot of talent there that they don't use. Like, dude, Chad Gable is fucking awesome, dude. Like. I compare him to Owen Hart. That's how highly I feel of him with his, you know, just seamless maneuvers that he does, man. He's a goddamn Olympian, man. Like, you know, they have a lot of talent there already. How do you guys uh, feel about his current place? Because I know you guys both love uh, Chad Gable, but he's he's still in the tag team doing more of a comedy thing, even under Triple H. It's like, what's it going to take to shed that? I guess, uh, desire to attach like some kind of comedic element to him or whatever. Like they're just so laser focused on not letting him be him. Yeah. I don't know, man. And I, and I don't even think that tag team that he's in is like the worst him and they sort of work together. Yeah. They, they good matches actually together. So like, I'm not even mad that, but the whole shoosh and all that stuff. And, you know, it, it feels like, you know, typical WWE kid stuff, you know, but, I don't well, know. That, like, that, 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 really I think quick, that could br- fade out. You brought up maybe that's the business is changing. But my question is like the WWF back in the day was yeah. a certain, you know, um, style we got, I guess you could say, like it was the larger than life cartoon stuff. And then it got attitude. And since then, it's been like jumbled up with a little bit of everything. If it becomes just another wrestling show, right? Like more like NXT was more like maybe AEW mm-hmm. is. Then what's different about WWE? Like, do you think they should stay true to what brought them there? Or, like, do you want to see them become just another wrestling show? I mean, it's hard to argue with the results that they get, right? Like, financially, they're, like, the biggest thing. So it's hard to argue with the success they've had. But what's not even a debate is that the show's been shit for years. You know what I mean? Like, for years. It's unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah, unwatchable. Yeah. So it's sort of like, I don't, I don't know that if they go to more of a wrestling centric show, that it hurt. Because listen, they're always going to have that that foundation that is the WWF, WWE, the entertainment. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that whole thing. So I don't expect them to go like full indie wrestling show. 
but but you see guys who did come from like those indie shows like Rollins or Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn, you know, who were big indie stars who like they've adapted to that WWE system. And it's, all you have to do is just give them a little more freedom, not complete. You don't have to completely change your shit, but just let them have proper matches. Let them do the shit they want to do in the matches. You know what I mean? Because those guys could tell stories. You know, like when they're good, they're you're good. You know, when you're good, you're good. You know, we could see a guy who's good or a guy who sucks a mile away. You know, yeah. so it's like, I don't think you have to change like what you are in principle, but just let them be a little more of themselves, you know? And I think Triple H is going to let that happen a little bit. Chad Gable specifically, I think yeah. he's just in a tough situation right now. He was doing absolutely nothing forever. And then he found this thing that kind of yeah. got over probably with Vince, you know, because Vince probably thought it was genius, this corny <laughs> shit. And then... <laughs> You know, he's just in this weird situation right now. I think he could come out of it with Triple H, but but I'm gonna miss like the larger than life aspect if they totally abandon it and just do what they were doing in NXT. Because to me, I still want to kind of have that entertainment aspect. I don't need the silly shit, you know what I mean? But yeah. you remember even when Eddie G and Benoit were having their matches, or you know, Mysterio and Angle, you name it. Um, there was still the element of entertainment in those shows, and I'm not look wrestling comedy is always not funny to me you know like wrestling yeah, yeah, comedies yeah. usually doesn't work but i'm not asking for that but hopefully they don't just say here's your guy in your black trunks with his real name having a 50 minute match and here's mm -hmm. 10 of them per show like i just don't want mm -hmm. it to become that that's just me do i have everybody's attention now now we're going to get into the man of the hour the best in the world the voice of the voiceless, the second city saint, the cult hero, CM Punk. You guys are probably going to hear me praise CM Punk, the wrestler, and criticize CM Punk a little bit. The man, the stuff that we know about him, at least, uh, at least from what I allow, you know, he's allowed us to hear and see from him in public some stuff that, you know, I do have opinions on and I'll try not to be too negative here because this is the thing. I love CM Punk, the wrestler. So, we're going to get into CM Punk now. Philip Jack Brooks, born in Chicago. So born in 78. He's he's right around our age, our us elders here. So always us old heads <laughs> um, coming up on the big four. Oh, it's weird but to be the old head. now. <laughs> it doesn't it makes no sense. But he's had a long story career and we definitely want to touch on some of the good, the bad. And there's definitely some ugly in there as well. But first off, are you guys I know you're fans of CM Punk, but where does he rank? I'm, I'm coming out hot here. Where does he rank Oof, amongst your faves? There we go. I'll tell you what. For me, he's not in my top 10. I'm like a big CM Punk fan. He's out of my top 10. But I do think like if this AEW run ends up being anything special, like I felt like it was headed there. The injury, unfortunately, kind of stopped it. But like this AEW run could make could squeeze him into my top 10. He's definitely top 20 for me, though. I, I would have that. to I would have to write the names down, you know, to really figure it out. But, but you feel like he's in your top 20, no doubt. Like almost no doubt, especially like going over all the stuff, you know, for this episode. It was just like, I fucking love this dude. And what I also realized was, you know, when he was going through all those trials and tribulations with the Fed, as he went, I kind of went as a fan. I noticed like watching all the stuff, I was just sort of like, oh, yeah, I kind of was phasing it out. As he, you know, because he was the thing I cared about the most on the show, you know, typically. So 
think putting all that into I was just like, dude, this guy is definitely top 20. I've always felt like he was top 20. And I was like, if I had to write it down, it's it's just like he'd be knocking off like long time favorites, you know, of my bottom of my top 10 to squeeze them in. I'm talking guys like RVD. I'm talking guys like Kevin Nash. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, I don't know where Kevin Nash WTF. I thought you were dead. (laughs) No, but, uh, but you know, I'm with you on that for me. Uh, sorry, sorry, Duke. Where's the, where's CM Punk ranked for you? You Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I mean, I look, I'm a man of lists. I'm a man of, of rankings, but I will say, I don't necessarily have punk in a number slot. I like Frank though. I feel like he's in my top 20. Um, I don't know. I'd have to move some guys around Christian. You know, there's a lot of guys in there. He comes <laughs> to mind. Come on, man. He's in my top 10. But yeah, Punk it. is definitely amongst my favorites. I'll just say that um, to me, he reminds me just a little small antidote. He reminds me a lot of one of my favorite artists, Kanye, believe it or not, in, in a way that he's he's polarizing. He's somewhat misunderstood. And there's like a genius element behind the work that they do that you know sometimes there's like little nuances in there that make them stand out and i Greg, think gregor mortis just shut off this episode would you call it kanye a genius by the way <laughs> oh well gregor well, stick, mortis just unsubscribed st- stick around stick around i'll here. tell you what's not genius is kanye's uh fashion sense with that did you see his hey. tactical yeah. Yeah, helmet <laughs> yeah, I, I just i just ordered you know one. what it reminds me of frank cubone Oh yeah, yeah, the Pokemon. his like yeah, yeah, his bone helmet from his yeah. dead mother. Well, they I'm do. Old, I'm an old Kanye guy. You miss the yeah, old Kanye? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I'm a new Kanye. No, I've always loved Kanye, <laughs> but I'm all about the new Kanye. I know they do. They, they, those two guys, Punk and Kanye, have very different approaches and belief systems. But I was just just thinking that because lately, like Punk's promos reminded me of Kanye releasing that Donda album, and it was like to remind kind of the people that he's still one of the best or the best in the world at least listen to i don't want to get into a Kanye debate but i thought that album was so disappointing and i was very hyped on it so mm-hmm. not to turn this into a we keep it on <laughs> punk but i just want to state that i to me that was such a, a letdown that album but anyway yeah you know my, well one of my least favorite phrases is let's agree to disagree but in <laughs> the biz in in the interest of keeping this going agree <laughs> to disagree uh i love that album but it was just I was saying because Mox, the, the promo punk had with Mox was one of those things like reminding people I'm still the best, mm-hmm. the best in the world, you know, and uh, I just wanted to make that little small comparison for me. And, you know, the follow up squash match with Moxley didn't age how I feel about that promo very well. But, you know, yes, I'm a fan of CM Punk, the wrestler. Yes, he is amongst my faves. So you guys, all the fans and listeners out there, I guess, if you're if you're a fan of punk, if you're not a fan of punk, tell us in the comments some of your favorite punk matches, feuds, moments from his career. We're interested to know your thoughts on CM Punk. You're going to hear us talk a lot about his career here. And um, like I said, he started way back. I, when. Excuse me, John. I would like to tell you if he's on my list. I forgot about you. <laughs> little <laughs> little whippersnapper yeah. down there. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here, pal. I'm not big on lists because like I depending on what I'm watching, like if I'm watching, you know, 80s wrestling, my list is going to be very different than if I'm watching, you know, I'm currently watching all the Raws from the beginning. So like I'll tell you this, that at one point he was my favorite wrestler, period. And like I never 
of all really time. Buy new wrestling. Oh, in the moment, like yeah. in in the moment, I know that he was my favorite wrestler. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So I feel too. like he's yeah. probably on some sort of list. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Like Triple H was my favorite wrestler at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's probably on my list somewhere. But like I said, it it's so fluid based on what I'm watching and stuff. Um, but I, yeah, for sure, he's on my. He's no, I, somewhere on my list, however long it is. Yeah, I like the way you're looking at that because I I think Frank and I both, at some point in CM Punk's career, yeah. he was our favorite guy. No doubt. For no doubt, sure, yeah. man. And like, and even right yeah, now. So you have you have to rank him, right? Like, yeah. based on that. Like, if he was yeah. ever your favorite guy in the business yep. at any point in time, yeah. he has to be on your list, right? Yep. There's not only so many guys that could be that. Yeah, totally. Right, to be your favorite guy in that moment. He's got to yeah. be on the list, but... So, so Punk started just to get into it a little bit. The backstory he started with the backyard wrestling stuff. It's just like the Hardys and a lot of other guys. You know, for Punk, it was the Lunatic Wrestling Federation. It was with his brother and their friends. It was in the mid to late nineties. Backyard stuff to me, it's it's a little bit of a mess. Like I get kids wanting to do it. You know, who wouldn't? But I just can't imagine that the crowds they draw and the people actually coming to watch it. But What's your guy's yeah. favorite backyard wrestling match? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you know it's the Foley thing, right? That's the only uh it's, does the broken Matt Hardy stuff count? For me, it's the match that never happened. It's uh about twenty-five years ago when I wanted to buy a trampoline <laughs> and put it in my yard so we could wrestle. Your birthday, and, um, the, your birthday girl, Mom Sue, she squashed Mom that. Mom Dukes, yeah, she was not having it. So when that promotion kick, uh, started taking off, Punk found out that his brother was embezzling money, thousands of dollars, and that caused them to actually, that that caused them to become estranged, and they haven't Man, spoken. We all have that brother that embezzles money. <laughs> Old embezzler. <laughs> not me. My brother's a saint, and I love him very much. Is he from the second city? Shout out, Sonny Tooch. So they haven't spoken since my brother is an embezzler of money so we got that in common punk. so no but they haven't spoken since uh punk and his brother and and look this is a theme i told you i don't want to be negative but there's grudges that punk will hold and there's some misplaced anger and and it might be a little theme but you know punk left that backyard scene and he enrolled as a student at the steel dominion wrestling school in chicago and that's where he was trained by ace steel who also trained you guys know Put you on the spot. I did some research. Don't know who he's doing. You're you're gonna know when you hear it. The one is obvious. So you did. So you did research, and now you're quizzing us, acting like you knew something. (laughs) Well, the one is obvious. Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck off. Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The other ones. uh, Hold on, I'll Google it. <laughs> like you did, you fucking fraud. Well, no, the the other one you're Um, actually gonna remember me. Well, Lita. Lita was a. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting of a steel the big one i saved the best for last because he's our current general manager in the wwe adam pierce oh adam pierce oh, okay, WWE cool. champ. also a steel currently works for AEW. yes he was one of the guys that helped him out last oh, nice. week yeah he... like, oh, shit, that's cool that's a steel yeah, yeah cool. he was actually hired by wwe at the performance center in 2019 but quick little cup of coffee there and now he's with AEW. so ace steel he's around uh as far as training wrestlers though like lita and punk are some pretty big names too. oh yeah hell yeah absolutely all famous yeah absolutely so before we go any further 
what are your guys' opinions on Punk's like wrestling style, the the movement, the fluidity, if you will? Like people call him sloppy, maybe not the most coordinated, but what are your guys' feelings? Just talking about like the way he was trained and whatnot on his style, the wrestling style. It's it's definitely interesting, right? Because he's not the greatest at almost anything, you know. Like his, he's like a, a punch and kicks guy whose punches and kicks kind of suck. Um, you know, I think he's just more of like, he's such a storyteller, you know, that every you're allowed, you, you are able to get past all these things. I think it shows like the credit to his storytelling ability because it's never crispy. It doesn't look like Benoit and Eddie in there. You know what I mean? But like, we still think he's one of the best in the world. Like he still puts out quality matches, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is exactly. I don't know if it's like, if I believe him as such an underdog, you know, like that even when he's getting his ass kicked, you know, I just feel like he could pull something out. But like, we talked about this before in another episode. It's like, you don't look at Punk and think he's going to, like, you're not scared of him physically. You know, you're not intimidated by him physically in any kind of way. It doesn't look like he could fight, fight for real. We've seen him fight for real. Um, yeah. So it's like, I don't, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a weird one. Cause I remember my buddies, Taylor specifically, you know, not really knowing a ton about punk and be, I'm like gassing punk up, you know, for his return and being like, he'll grow on you. You know, like you got to, if you just look at him and maybe even watch one match of him, maybe you won't be crazy about the style, you know, but something about it, it just, at the end of the day, he just pulls everybody in. So like, I don't know. It's hard to describe, you know? Yeah. Duke, what do you think about CM Punk's wrestling style? So to speak, like I said, the fluidity, the movement, do you, I mean, obviously he's one of your favorites, so you can get past anything some people call uncoordinated or whatever. Well, you know, the Internet's full of regurgitated information. And a lot of times, you know, a guy, oh, he's sloppy. And then it's like what everybody says about him. I don't think he's sloppy. I just don't think he's as crisp as a lot of, you know, some of the greatest wrestlers to ever do it. You know, but once again, it's not about wrestling kids. It's not about wrestling. Like the dude has it. He always has had it. And when you go back and look at his matches and during his matches, he looks to the crowd and he feels their energy and he gives them energy and everything he does has a purpose. I don't know. There's just something to it. Cause like when I think sloppy, I don't necessarily think about his matches so much. Me I think neither. more about like how he looks and everything, all the whole package. You just, so uh, it's not what I'm used to seeing at this tippy top level, you know? And but I he just puts it all together. That's the yeah. thing. Like he puts it all together. Like Duke said, he can wrestle any style. And like you said, mm-hmm. he's a master storyteller. And I think he was able to tell stories. He's has been able his whole career to tell stories just as good if not better than anyone maybe ever and he can mask any let's not get ridiculous well listen i mean (laughs) he can mask those flaws that people like to point out for me the wrestler cm punk i don't concentrate on any of that maybe that's what you do when you you know you love someone you see past the flaws yeah yeah maybe that's what you know what i mean and with cm punk we all love the guy the wrestler and but if we're keeping it real like like i said he's maybe not the most athletic but 
there's a guy like John Cena was very uncoordinated in his mm-hmm. like wrestling style. And that was hard for me to see past. Yeah. With CM Punk, it's never been a distraction. Like, yeah. so I just wanted to ask you guys what you thought about his style. Cause sometimes there's, you know, people that really call him out on it. Not that mm-hmm. that matters. Well, he made his in-ring debut at Ring of Honor, all-star extravaganza. It was November 9th, 2002, 20 years ago, almost. So that's mm-hmm. coming up as a as an anniversary for his in-ring debut in ROH. I know you guys were big ROH fans. I was more of a casual fan with them. Like I'd often see the DVDs after the fact. Uh, we did go to a few shows like at the Armory. Like I remember going to some shows. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like I did love the wrestling that was coming out of there. Obviously, I was a WWE guy, but I felt like, you know, the best, some of the best experiences I had as far as like indie wrestling were with ROH because after ECW there wasn't yeah. much for me but um you guys got into the ROH stuff like I said pretty pretty deep did you watch when Punk was emerging or was it more like after the fact maybe Duke did I was after the fact for sure you know I was more like the Brian Danielson Nigel McGinnis Austin Aries like era you know I know that kind of interlaps with Punk too but like he had just gone for my, I I watch all that stuff retroactively, you know, to just to get the deal. Because I remember when he was going to WWE, and he's like, oh, this big guy, you know, like this big indie, you know, darling, you know. And I had to see what it was for myself, you know. So it was it was a different experience for me, Ring of Honor. And I do love Ring of Honor, but it was just after Punk when I was heavy into Ring of Honor. Okay. Same with you, Duke, or no? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. My first... The first time I saw Punk was in TNA, actually. Oh, okay. So it was when he worked for Ring of Honor. Yes. Yeah. But Ring of Honor wasn't accessible on TV, at -hmm. least not to my knowledge. So I started going around the same time that Frank did, you know. So uh, I first saw Punk, and I won't jump the gun because I know we'll talk about his TNA stuff, but that was my first uh, exposure to him. Okay. Yeah, he had some feuds with Raven, uh, yeah. and they, yeah. you know, which they is were, cool. Yeah, very cool. It was like rooted in Punk's straight edge stuff. They and, actually and... is this Ring of Honor you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, okay. That's when they were linking, like, likening Raven yep. to his alcoholic father mm-hmm. and kind of doing yep. that stuff. Um, do Maybe you guys... Raven's last cool feud. Well, I was going to ask your guys' thoughts on Raven. Like, we don't really spend a lot of time talking about him, and you know, I'm sure we will. But do you guys? I thought with Raven. I thought Raven was very cool. I was like, you know, I've been an ECW guy, but I also fucked with him so heavy in the flock in WCW. Like, I liked all of those dudes at the time. Well, maybe mm-hmm. not all of them, but, like, I was a big Saturn guy. Kidman at the time was super yeah. cool. Oh, you yeah. know, so, like, I was into the flock. I just thought that shit was, you know, badass. And then the ECW stuff is legendary. You know, to me, that's his best parts of his career. The ECW run is just most impactful. But I, well, yeah, sure. I like Raven. Same. Well, I think, um, you know, ECW, Paul... Paulie gave him the opportunity, yeah. you know, like, and he, cause you know, he was fucking Johnny Polo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he yeah. left there and look what he did, man. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't talk about a one. great mind for the business. Like oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, like this guy, you know, his feuds, his like ideas and stuff like, um, even like his TNA stuff, like yeah. with punk. Punk with the advantage over Raven. 
A whip into the ropes. And he elbows Raven right in the throat, but that might have hurt Punk as well. As that Raven feud is kind of like the feud that, um, that like made a man of him, you know what I mean? Like in the business. Yep. And then like that to me, like the Samoa Joe feud is what like legitimized him, right? Because at the end of the day, Raven's kind of older at that time, you know, he's like, he's at the tail end of his career or whatever, but it was a great storytelling series of events. But then the Joe stuff made you go, oh, okay, like this yeah. motherfucker might be the best in the world. You know what I mean? So I think that's sort of how it goes. Like without both of those, I think they took them to two different levels, both of those feuds, you know, and I think it's Absolutely. super important. Super yeah, important. that Joe Punk too was the first uh, match I saw between them. And I remember it being, I'm not a Joe guy either, but I remember, it, yeah. you know, it, it at least once again, it told a great story. It was stiff. It was rough. But it was a great match, and it was actually the the first match in America, North America, to receive a five star rating. If you give a oh shit. yeah, that's if you right. give a that's shit right. about any five star ratings. But it was the first yep. five star rating in seven years. The one mm-hmm. before that was the Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker in '97 of oh, Bad okay. Blood. So that was for Meltzer, and you could take what you you know Meltzer's star ratings for what you will. They don't mean too much to me, unfortunately. But gospel. But he's, dude, look, he's the popular guy to give out ratings. So, unfortunately, that's who we talk about. So, maybe our yeah. match ratings will take his place one day. Maybe we can. Exactly. It's like, I don't give a fuck what Roger Ebert reviews a fucking movie for all those years. But right. I look at it. I look at it and I use it as a, a gauge. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So, that was a, a very successful match, at least for the company Ring of Honor. And it was, like Frank said, it, it really made a man out of CM Punk. And uh, in the midst of his uh, his ROH run, he did have that little stint in TNA. That was during 2003, 2004. And he was paired with, you guys remember Julio De Niro? And uh, they were part of members, uh, the gathering, the, the group, the gathering. So he actually came in as, uh, you know, an ally to Raven there. But uh, shortly before TNA show, February 25th, 04, he, uh, Punk, had a physical fight with Teddy Hart outside of a restaurant and it was broken up by Sabu. Do you remember anything specific from Punk and his TNA career? Not me personally. I wasn't watching Impact at all, you know, like at that time. Like it's it's probably still years away before I even tune into that show legitimately. So I don't remember. Obviously I've seen some of the stuff. It seems very forgettable, you know, to me, but um he wasn't there very long. And I heard that it was because of uh that Rob Feinstein guy, the RF video guy, right? Like, isn't this what it was? Like, they had an agreement that he could work with Impact and Ring of Honor. But yeah. then after that scandal that that guy was involved with, and then it was like, no, you can't be working for Ring of Honor because that was like his show. And then they all left. You know, like, there was a couple of guys I want to say, and Punk was one of them. Yeah, I've heard that, too. It was like a kind of a, he went back on his word type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but But I know that it did have something also to do with the Teddy Hart scuffle. And look, I don't know. I mean, Teddy Hart's, he's a known shit stirrer, you know? So who knows? But um, Punk's also got some, some misplaced anger that's been reported, but I don't know. Um, I know he didn't last very long. Do do you remember anything specific from TNA? Yeah. I mean, I remember um, like that was my first exposure to Punk. Did you watch that, John? Because I felt like you watched that. With I did. Okay. I, I, okay. Yeah. Especially the Julio De Niro him. stuff. Yeah, yeah. We liked him from the start. Like, um, yeah. 
and it was weird because he actually ended up teaming with Raven, like you right. said, which was and it weird. was cool and by association, like, you know. Yeah, I didn't know, you know, about this bloody ass feud they had. Like I watched that all yeah. after the fact. Um, and yeah, it was him, Julio, and actually Mickey James too Mickey ended James, up yeah. joining that little gathering. Um, Alexis so yeah, I mean, I I watched a good amount of that stuff actually. Um. Yeah, he had like the Clockwork Orange House of Fun matches, yep. the With, doll uh, collar Shane matches. Douglas. I think he did he a doll collar Shane match. Douglas for yep. Raven or something. Yep. Yeah, that was like a the doll collar match was like a tag team match or something. That was with Raven, right? Yeah, it was a lot going on. Like there was like a six man tag. It was like there was an Hogan, overlap of Leo and. Go ahead, sorry. No, there was just an overlap of ECW guys in TNA yeah, at that yeah. time. So you had oh, yeah, like for sure. Shane Douglas, sure. yeah. even the Sandman was involved. Yeah, in some even Punk Terry matches. Funk ended up coming, which I'm sure Punk was like over the fucking moon about. To work that's, well, Funk, that's uh, you know? Frank's dream match from last week's yeah, episode. Right. Yeah. Punk yeah. versus Funk. Um, yeah. Steel Cage match, actually, to be specific. But yeah, so the TNA run didn't last too long. Back in ROH, it was like in the 0506 range, and and that's when Punk really started to kind of become a villain, and that's when he started that storyline where he threatened to bring the ROH title to Sick. the WWE. Uh, and for weeks, Punk teased the ROH locker room and the fans. He mocked the championship that he had, and he went as far as to sign the WWE contract on the actual, I believe, it was on the show, right, and on top of the title. He, he Held was, by our boy Shane Hagedorn. Classic. That's legendary. Yep. One of his students. Because yep. the what? ring announcer yeah, wouldn't yeah. hold the belt. And, and then the he asked the ref. And the ref was like, no. And then Punk was like, one of my students, Shane Hagedorn. And he went in the ring and held it. That's so <laughs> he funny. Sound it. He's dude, like, me? Me? <laughs> and he got the ring and held it. So, yeah, that was the summer of punk, as they referred to it, though. Um, Rips the crowd apart. Yeah. Eviscerates the crowd. Oh, my God. What a promo, dude. And, like, if you ever want a great promo, speak truths. Yeah. Yeah, And he spoke truths. He said, I did all this stuff for you guys. I, you know, I wrestled in hardcore matches. I did this. I spilled blood, blah, blah, blah. And you boo me now? Like, because wrestling fans are ingrates. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They are, dude. All these people that are cheering for whatever show you're watching right now, they're going to fucking turn on them at some point. You know? It, it happens. You're speaking Let's truth, man. Spade spade, you're, man. You're pulling dude, a punk right now. When Daniel when Bryan, remember when Daniel Bryan was the WWE champion with that awesome ass, like, belt the wooden belt or whatever yeah yeah yeah, and he was like fickle blah 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 dude if you want a great promo speak truths it's that simple what were you gonna say frank no i said especially when you're wrestling so many shows in that dump in south philly the ecw (laughs) arena you know you talk about (laughs) our backyard bro that's our backyard no exactly and me and duke would be in there weekly me and duke would be in that building weekly at one point 
and we would just be like these people that we're hanging with every fucking week you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah we were, uh, was down there yeah there's some interesting folks and greats but no you're right that promo i mean he is speaking truth he keeps reminding them that he's speaking truth much like his promo last week on dynamite yep. he's like yep. tell me when i lie that's you know, what I said. Man. Nobody likes to hear the truth, man. You know, like it's yeah, hurt. especially it's from a heel, you know, a snarky heel. Yeah. And it was it was golden. It was great stuff. Um, and he he lost the the world championship, the ROH world championship to James Gibson, aka uh, yeah. Jamie, Jamie Noble. Noble. Son, remember it. Remember it. That was in a four corner elimination match, and that had Joe Daniels and, da- and Daniels, him. Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe were also Oops, in that Samoa match. Joe. We got to talk about too, like how he won the strap too, because he won the yeah. strap off Austin Aries. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. right? it was Aries, and he was already gone. So that's like he was already going to the WWE. Everybody yeah, which is interesting. That yeah, they yeah, like they that, gave him the know? belt, so that added. And then he put the he turned bad like right after that. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah. And it was like, so I feel like that's another like layer to that story that's pretty cool. It was like, because everybody just thought this is a farewell match. And then he won the strap and threatened yeah, to take it. So like, it's that's interesting what, that's what that they allowed cool. that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, it turned out to be some really compelling shit. Yeah. 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 His ROH stuff, um, I feel like put together a body of work that we're going to get to later because he did speak about how when he left ROH, that was when he left quote unquote pro wrestling. But the body of work he put, together before the wwe you know at least from a a match quality standpoint he had already had you know what some would say is like a hall of fame career but just because of the level of i guess the groundswell of popularity that he not only had for him but the company became popular Mm -hmm. i feel like because of punk yeah i think so too both of those guys joe and punk you know what i mean them two took our wage to this higher level and made them like the the third biggest promotion i guess at the time you know like those guys yep so you know that's when important that's a big deal like those like huge matches like that that's getting all this attention you know like oh man have you seen punk joe you know like it's gonna that's gonna happen you know yep. all of a sudden punk is a major player and he had these series of matches with samoa joe where they did one hour match and then they did a second hour match and they did a third match all of them were amazing matches this match is easily by far the longest single world title match in roh history and this crowd in dayton has yet to sit down i felt like i i did everything i, I conquered everything i told all my stories that i get i get very bored and i'm goal-oriented so once I do one thing, I need to move to the next level. The only other place that I'd never, ever been was WWE. Well, he had uh, the final scheduled match for, for his ROH run. It took place at Punk, the final chapter. That was on August 13th in uh, 2006. And it was against longtime friend Cole Cabana. It was two out of three falls match. He took the L. And we did touch on that cool promo where he taunted the crowd and, and signed the WWE contract. That promo and that whole summer of punk, once again, did you guys get to relive that at least through, you know, uh, retrospect, DVD yeah, watching, retros- or was that? Yeah, and retrospect, that- I watch all that shit. And yeah, because they have a whole DVD set on the summer yeah, of punk, yeah. right? I yeah. own it. Yep, and that's that's all super sick. So, like, me watching him, so I'm watching him in ECW, right, WWF's ECW at the time, and watching this summer of punk stuff retroactively mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god they have somebody they have somebody here on this show they better not fuck them up like they tend to 
any kind of like cool indie guy or some product not made by Vince, right? So it's sort of like I remember watching that ECW stuff. Like, when is this guy gonna get his shot? You know, because it was so cool with looking back at his stuff. Yeah, but I mean, leaving ROH and going to WWE—that's like where he said, like, that's where his love of wrestling ended. You know, he talked about that many years later with AEW. But that's you know he's painting a little bit of a victim picture to me, and I would say you know he went to WWE on his own merit. Right. And he chose, he even said it in the promo, like selling out or whatever. Like he chose money. If we're going to be honest, right. He chose. Is it though? Is it that I sorry to interrupt, but no, it's is it just money? Obviously you get the money, right? You go to a big show, you get the money, but he's a, he's our age, right? Like he's like your guys ages maybe. And it's like, the big show is the WWE. Yeah, if you want to go there, he said he loved wrestling. He dreamed of being the WWE guy. You get pro the money. Is a, he loved pro yeah, wrestling. The money, the money is a consequence of your success. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like he gets that, but like he was going to get paid by somebody, you know, and when you're that over. And the WWF is the big show, you know? So like, I don't know that he goes there. He sells out for the money. I know he uses that angle, but he always wanted to get there. But I think the money is is got to be the driving factor because the WWF, WWE is not his brand of pro wrestling. It never was. And him going there, it has to be for the money. And you don't I, think that the attitude era, though, is more is closer to his brand of wrestling, you know, like the style. I don't Coach, think Steve it Austin's. is, bro. If you really explore the attitude era, like the two minute matches on Raw, you know, the the trashy shit with like Yeah, but the besides girls. that, besides that, when you talk about the main event scene of uh WWF attitude. Maybe era. some of the storytelling with like Foley and, and Rock exactly, and Austin, yeah. maybe. But mm-hmm. I would just say like it didn't have any uh sort of like likening to the ROH style at all. So for him to go to the dub, my point is this, like to go to the WWE and then just to like, you know, suddenly complain late years later and act all surprised that he wasn't being used correctly. It's like kind of, it's his own problem because it was his choice to go there. In the yeah. First- I mean, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having goals you want to set out to do and you hope to achieve them a lot. Like, listen, Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin when he went to WWF, you know? Vince had the wherewithal to let these guys do a little bit more of themselves, you know, and not be so rigid with how he's going to handle the programming and all that. And that's the reason we got the rock. That's the reason we got stone cold. And then there was an obvious drought of that style of wrestling, you know, where guys didn't have that freedom and he may go there, go, Hey, I'm hoping to go there and change the fucking culture of the company, you know, like guys had done previous so like, I don't think it's so outrageous or I do think it's harsh to blame him and be like, oh, it's on him that he went there and didn't change. Well, you hope to change things for the better when you go anywhere. You can hope, but you got to also think of it like this. And then I'm going to ask Duke a question, but it's like this. If you I'll, I'll liken it to another one of my favorite guys, David Lynch, filmmaker, right? If he gets a, a three picture deal with Warner Brothers, OK, mm-hmm. they get final say on the projects. But David Lynch is synonymous with having final cut. He doesn't let anyone touch his shit. Mm -hmm. So if he goes to Warner Brothers and, you know, suddenly they they come in and they say, look, we want to edit out some of your stuff or change the direction of the film. Like Lynch can't be mad because it's Warner Brothers. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but it doesn't stop directors from being mad all the time about what the studios do to the films that they've originally shot. Um, a recent example of a guy who's, who's super furious into the fans even fought for him was Zack Snyder, who I don't rate for shit, but he he thought he had a version of a movie that the studio didn't put out. You know what I mean? The fans fault. Like it's not uncommon 
for a director to after the fact to be like, oh, what the fuck are they doing to my picture? But you if know? you're so, synonymous like with David Lynch, like that's his thing. He never ever lets anyone touch his stuff. So I'm just likening it to punk because I think he's a, a creative genius in a way too with his style. And for him to go to WWE and like be surprised that they wouldn't let him to do his shit suppose like quote unquote i think like jumping the gun on it too because like i don't think he got there and was on ecw and was like man they're not letting me do my shit i think when he gets that attitude about it is when he's the clear man in pro wrestling yeah we'll get and to then that and, stuff yeah we'll you know what i mean exactly. like i'm just so saying like for every for every like hbk and brett and benoit jericho even foley there's guys like vader taz ddp you know dusty Rhodes, like where you got to at least be cautious if you're CM Punk that they might not let you be you. With Punk choosing to go there, do you think he could have carved out another niche somewhere else, right? And then caught on with maybe maybe ROH becomes bigger. Like, do you think in retrospect, we're going to jump the gun here, Duke, do you think it was a mistake for Punk to go to the WWE? Absolutely not. No, I don't. But this is where... You know, we get into the, like you said, how he holds on to like grudges and blah, blah, blah. Like older, wiser me looks at everything as a lesson, you know, like I don't, you know, if you mess up, you you learn from it and you move on with your life, you know, and the ultimate goal, like Frank said, when we were kids, you want to be a WWF superstar, you know, um, fortunately now there's an alternative with AEW, but in that moment no like he wanted to be a wwf superstar and like you can tell like his yeah. last match with cabana man like he he knows like it sucks man he's leaving his home you know mm -hmm. like and like that's real shit dude like when people say oh well wrestling's fake you know it's fake right it's like yeah dude tell that guy right there that has eat slept and breathed pro wrestling and he built this company up and now you know, he has to leave because it's the next chapter of his life. You know, like his, you know, his his idols like Ricky Steamboat, Roddy Piper, whoever it is, were all WWF superstars. And like, that's that's the ultimate goal, man. Like, mm -hmm. well, and like, I don't fault him for it. Like all these guys, you know, it, I know, you know, it's a work, but it's not like when they're chanting, you sold out, you sold out. It's like, motherfucker. Yeah. Let Vince McMahon come to your house and write you a check and see, and, see how your morality is, you know, well, well not only like that, they, they'll be the ones like, watching Monday yeah, to, watch, sure. to see him. Sure. Exactly. 100%. And they cheer him. Listen, they could yell, you sold out because listen, there's truth to it. You are selling yeah. out, right? You're mm -hmm. selling out as a little indie show in a fucking dungeon to go to the big shiny <laughs> show. But they then they give him the farewell that you yeah. know he deserves you know which was I mean? awesome right? like, yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. which was awesome like it's a yeah. it's a genuine heartfelt moment like you know you get teary-eyed and stuff you know because mm -hmm. he, he's crying walking to the ring man because he knows like damn man this sucks like i'm not gonna see these people anymore i'm not gonna see my best bud colt cabana mm -hmm. you know yeah. but like good for him for trying something you know and like listen man it fucking worked out kind of right no, like but it was official in september of 2005 he was assigned to ohio valley wrestling which was the wwe developmental territory uh he made his debut as a heel on september 8th and that was in a dark match but he became the ovw television champion after defeating 
Ken Doan of the Spirit Squad. And real quick, thoughts on yeah, thoughts on OVW, OVW, and like all that talent they put out. Real quick, because the list is crazy. You don't have just Brock Orton, Batista, then you have Cena, yeah, Shelton Benjamin, Beth Phoenix. Yeah, I mean OVW was cool. The Miz, the Miz. Um, but guys, like that OVW list is insane. You know, if you see what they put out there. Yeah, I mean that's where you went right that was like their feeder system so like that was cool and i also think it's cool to like that punk had that belt even you know what i mean like he was he's over everywhere he went everywhere everywhere he went he was all right minus tna but you know he was over everywhere he went everything everywhere he went he had to be the guy you know so like I, it's hard i don't i find it hard to really crucify i know he could be a crybaby about things but i know it's i find it hard to really kill him when he feels like i should have been the guy because if you're not trying to be the guy i feel like you shouldn't be doing this business you know what i mean yeah. like, or, or at least you're you're not ever going to be anything and he wanted to be that guy i don't think there's anything wrong with that so well i want to ask duke again this question frank you can you can touch on it but like with his quick it was a quick stint in ovw and like he was already a seasoned vet technically because of the roh yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like he was ready to go but do you think they should have taken his momentum from ROH and sort of just let them carry it over? Or do you believe like, uh, probably because you, or do you believe in the WWE way of like stripping a guy down of his preconditioned habits and like training him under that WWFE style? Like, do you think they should have kept the momentum from ROH and just hot shot at him? I don't think the WWE audience watches ring of honor. Yeah. Like much of it, you know, like I don't know the percentage. So I don't think that was that would have made that much of a difference. But I do think, um, you know, they do their thing. They take these guys, they go to developmental. You learn the WWE way. That's just how they do things or how they did anyway. Even they still do it with NXT. Yeah. Like they'll take, you know, these guys wherever they're coming from. Guys that have been around forever. Like James Storm was in TNA for however long. He goes to NXT, you know, like... um, Bobby Roode, like, you know, guys that have been around for a very long time. So that's just how they did things. I don't. Yeah. It wasn't always that way, though. You remember like guys like test test coming in cold. You know what I mean? Like, so with punk, you know, I I don't think they switch from OVW. I think once they switch from OVW to like NXT type of thing, NXT, I think it became more systematic. Yeah. Yeah, And they're on TV and we saw that Mm -hmm. transition, you know, but. Well, it was um, only. I didn't. It was only eight months uh, that that Punk was in OVW before he actually got called up. So it was almost like immediate if you think about it. Um, And OVW, by the way, is still around. It's it's currently run by Al Snow, if anyone is interested. Yeah, it's actually an actual promotion now. It's not part of the WWE. Al Snow is jacked as shit right now. He sure is. He looks great. More jacked than he's ever been. Yeah. So what they did was it was, like I said, nine months later. It was June of 2006. And that's when he made his... ECW debut. I'm doing quotes for those listening on audio mm-hmm. because this was the WWE ECW. And he debuted at a house show at the, the former ECW arena, which I was at. I don't know if oh, you, you guys were there. Do you guys? What no, date was, was that? So this was June 24th of 2006. It's when WWE okay. brought back ECW and they were going to yeah. run it at the show that at the same arena. So I went to it. He fought Stevie Richards. And dude, oh, yeah, it was right. it was so bizarre seeing guys like Kurt Angle on these little shows, and mm, yeah. and uh, it just felt out of place. It was like putting like the Godfather, you know, or uh, 
if I could use another Lynch reference, like Mulholland Drive or something like that on a little tiny iPhone. Like it was weird seeing WWE in the ECW arena and it just felt wrong. People got hurt. It was a mess. Like there were injuries. It was just weird. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. My addiction is wrestling. My obsession is competition. Discipline. My name is C.M. Punk. They were doing like, he was big on like discipline and like mm-hmm. that was like the thing that they were going to do. You like, are correct. His yes. addiction is to yeah. wrestling Straight and blah, blah, blah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those vignettes. I'm sorry. I forgot about those yet because they were cool. And like, then, yeah. They showed the hands close up. He yep. was twirling yep. the hands. They had the tats yep. on the knuckles. It was, yep. honestly, that was a cool way to bring them in for people who didn't really know. So, yeah, he did make his official match debut against Just Incredible. And um, he established himself like pretty quick. Uh, he went undefeated. He was beating guys like C.W. Anderson, like I said, Stevie Richards, Shannon Moore. Who wasn't called C.W. Anderson, by the way. No. Um, he was called like whatever his name was, like Christopher W. Anderson. Oh, I think I remember they that. They wouldn't call, they didn't call him C.W. And I was like, what is happening? Like, did so you guys we, like C.W.? I did. Yeah, I, I liked it. I actually thought he was. Cool. Well, Frank is a mark for a spine buster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. He loves this. Who's got the best we'll spine buster? Our house. There we go. Yeah, yeah, Stole absolutely. your heat. I think it's a sick ass spine buster. I love Powerhouse, it, Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs. Nicest dude in the business. Uh, Arn still might have the best one, though. Remember when he did it at that AEW pay per view? Arn can't like came in. Current Arn? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus like current Arn. He came in and he spine busted somebody. I forget what it was. I forget. It may have been the Cody versus uh, Jericho oh, yeah. like, title match or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arn comes in and he spine busts somebody and like the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> and I went fucking nuts. You know, I was like, so Arn still got it. Well, so. I just wanted to touch on a little bit more of the ECW stuff with punk, because this is where I start. You said, Frank, like in the ECW, like they weren't really doing the WWE shit with him. They were letting him do his thing, but it didn't take long because he was feuding with Mike Knox because his on-screen girlfriend, Kelly Kelly had like romantic feelings for punk. And already they were doing like stuff with punk that you're just like, they're using this dude wrong already already you know yeah. it's already starting and and i want to just say real quick because that survivor series 06 i think we all remember this he had his first pay-per-view match like with wwe and he teamed with dx hbk so hold on because i was trying to remember like his wwe debut was that mm-hmm. it was yeah survivor uh, series for for the w well okay obviously ecw yeah but just keep in mind he was still part of ecw when he was on that survivor series team yeah i just couldn't think and i was like it wasn't survivor series was it because like that's so random was he champion was he champ that's when he was champion uh i believe so if 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 i'm if i'm wrong tell me in the comments but i do know that he teamed with dx and because he also we're glossing over that he won the title in ecw another place where even though they didn't they didn't love him he still was the guy there for a little while. Right. Yo, right. but real quick, his debut at the Hammerstein Ballroom with those real ECW fans, they ate him up, dude. Yeah. They well, loved him. They were chanting his name that whole time. I don't against just... like a former ECW champion who we love, yeah. just incredible. Yeah, we do love Just Incredible, but I, I don't know if he was champion at that time. I'm gonna have to double check it because I know later on he had what is this... the what was that survivor series what year that was 2006 
but I don't think he was champion yet because he did have like a series of matches with um, Johnny Nitro post Benoit, which we'll get yeah, to. That, and that's no, where he, that doesn't make sense. That's yeah. the, so um, I just want to say, though, like real quick, the reaction he got. So he teamed with DX, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Triple no, H. he wasn't. He wasn't champion yet. No, I didn't. So he teamed with DX, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and the Hardys. One of the coolest so, like, teams ever. This is one of the coolest Survivor Series teams ever. But do you guys remember the reaction he got? And do you think that was the time to run with him as opposed to keep drawing out the ECW stuff? Because the reaction he got next to those guys. They couldn't ignore it. Like, yeah. I remember Triple H getting yeah. on the mic and being like, you're damn right, it's CM Punk, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Isn't that funny to think yep. on like, how that relationship ended? They could they, ignore it, dude. But they did ignore it, technically. Technically, well, in the, long, in the, the bigger moment. picture, but in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're Trips right. like, all right, well, I guess we have to. Yeah, also, one, <laughs> a very funny moment is <laughs> it's kind of dickish, but Shawn Michaels kicks <laughs> Mike, knocks his face off. Do you guys remember that? Oh yeah, he, he kicks said, his face off and pins him. He's like, "Who was?" That? Yeah, oh like, yeah, that's right, that's right. That. And yeah, Triple H is like, "Oh, Mike dick. Knox, he's on ECW." And he's like, "Who?" He's like, "Oh, yeah. it doesn't matter." Just imagine, uh, imagine. I know you probably, you probably hate that, Frank. I do. Imagine that though. <laughs> I thought I think it's hilarious, but just imagine like burying your funny, own man. company like that. It's just yeah. so funny. But yeah, it was just interesting because like. I know the politics and the repackaging WWE likes to do with some of these guys and it's, but sometimes it's like, if it ain't broke, don't mess with it. You know, you saw that lately with them bringing back Cody, like CM Punk. He was, I think, you know, ready quote unquote again, but like he was, they drew it out with ECW. They kept drawing out. I actually out. don't think he was ready, man. Ah, man. I mean, what else did he need? Like to learn, what did he need to learn? that wasn't connecting because you could hear that reaction. It's not a matter of connection. I just think he grew a lot over like the next year or so. It was in January of 07. His six six month unbeaten streak came to an end at the hands of hardcore Holly. Uh, that was his first, first loss in ECW on ECW TV. And he was also in some of them early Money in the Bank matches. Hey, you like me now? <laughs> Yo, I like Bob Holly. I'm not going to lie. I do too, but that <laughs> was funny. I like Bob Holly too, but I don't think he should be fucking beating <laughs> an undefeated future, you know, up and coming star. You know yeah. what I mean? On ECW. Yeah, he, he humbled. He humbled Punk, I guess. But, you know, he was, like I said, in some of those Money in the Bank matches, even while he was still in ECW, they're putting him on WWE's big match shows. And it's just... So when when ECW champ Lashley was drafted to Raw, he got stripped of the title. It was a tournament to de to declare a new champ, and it was June twenty fourth. Punk was scheduled to face Benoit. It was the finals of the Vengeance Night of Champions. It was two thousand seven, and uh, Benoit was replaced by Johnny Nitro, aka John Morrison, and we know why that happened. Unfortunate events with Chris Benoit. So, with all that said, you know let's dream of the match those two would have had first and you said it frank and you guys probably agree like that match or feud could have actually got punk officially ready right yeah probably and like that match dude i remember going into that pay-per-view being like okay this is going to be the sickest match of the night you know i don't even really remember what was what else was on that card i just remember being like all right well we're going to get punk and Benoit for the title, which is cool, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and I didn't know who was going to win necessarily. I felt like they'd probably do Benoit, but you didn't know, you know, like mm -hmm. you didn't know what direction they were really going to take ECW, and it's unfortunate. I think that if he would have had a series of matches with that guy, you know, I think you're 
just only going to get better yeah working with working with dudes like that you know so it's a shame i mean it ends up being johnny nitro and it ends up still being like a pretty good program and all but nitro at that time was very it was early days for him as well you know so what he wasn't quite that guy and he never really even became that guy but he was good and they still had a good series but yeah it's a shame it's a shame duke i know those are two of your favorite guys punk and benoit so to think of that match yeah man it's a bummer i don't even want to talk about it it would have been awesome obviously but you know, yeah it is a, bummer. a very dark thing happened and we don't even need to talk about it yeah, it was a dark time. And um, like I said, he kept losing the Morrison on separate, like even pay-per-views after that. It was just. So they was went... when he fought Punk, was he Johnny Nitro? I'm sorry. Yes, Johnny Nitro. Into... Yeah, yeah. He, I think so... he turned to Morrison mid-feud, though. Like okay, it was like, so, yeah. yeah, he brought the Morrison character out mid-feud with Punk. So, okay. um, you know, they did have a little feud, if you want to call it that. But it was mostly Morrison getting the wins. And, and kept... do you guys think that that was like a swerve? Like, do you think he was probably booked to win? And then Morrison came in. I go and back like, and We're forth. We're going to you know? Like, yeah, I go back and forth so often because, like, I would like to think that. Because, you know, they love the chase, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to think that it was a swerve just because, well, Benoit's gone. We have a late replacement. Nobody's going to think he's going to win. We don't want it to be obvious that Punk's going to win. I would like to think that way. But I also think that Vince really just didn't fuck with him. You know what I mean? Like it took yeah. him being like the top guy for Vince to be like, fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. undebatable. Yeah. Because like, I just think they, they weren't super high on him, you know? And like, he was a Paul Lee guy, you know? And it was, if it wasn't for Paul Lee going to bat for him, who knows? You know what I mean? How that career shakes out over there. But yeah, I would, it, it, I would it like felt... to think that punk was originally going to win, but who knows? It felt like that that they were stalling him for whatever reason there. It just delayed, you know, the success that he would have later. Um, the ECW stuff overall, in a brief, you know, paragraph or two, do you guys feel like it was good for Punk or a waste of time? I think it was good ultimately. I feel like it got him exposure to the, 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 the you know, that common WWE fan, you know, the people who aren't so smart mark about it, who didn't even know ring of honor existed, you know, like it gives you, it gives eyeballs. It's always hard. And especially like we talked about earlier where like, he doesn't quite look the par. He doesn't quite his, you know, his in ring isn't quite as obviously good as other people's or whatever. So I think it gives you a good, you know, kind of like a cliff notes on what this guy brings to the table. He kind of did it all over there. He was the champion over there. He was over, at, mm-hmm. on that show mm-hmm. and then you bring them over i think ultimately it works out and i think any kind of experience especially on like mainstream television is good too you know you work yeah. out the kinks instead of doing it on monday night raw and if you eat shit and vince hates you then that's a wrap you know so it's yeah like, ultimately i think it's good but i could see him ha- being called up earlier but it is what it is it was like right away um after ecw they're giving them somewhat of a shot you know, they're giving him a little bit of a chance to get some shine. That was on the big mania stage. Uh, Judgment Day, he teamed with Kane. They didn't win the tag titles. There's lots of stops and starts going on with Punk here. And, and like we often hear guys supposedly just don't get it, you know, in the WWE, uh, according to Vince, you know, he'll say that they just don't get it. Like we talk about Cesaro. He doesn't connect with the crowd. Claudio, remember, that's a famous Vince line. But much like Jer- Jericho, even when he debuted, CM Punk didn't need like all this tampering with his style and character, in my opinion, like he's one of those guys, if you let him be him, like he's at his absolute 
best, you know, and I don't know. Do you guys, do you feel like once he got to the WWE main stage, winning the money in the banks, like I didn't, you know, at that point it felt like he was already kind of, they were, they were flip-flopping. Like it was stops and starts. Like I said, he didn't feel like they were, they were fighting against themselves almost to yeah. let, let yeah, him yeah, be yeah. him, you know? Yeah. Cause that's a guy that's like, like we mentioned already, like that's a guy who's clearly over the Vince wasn't convinced by, you know, like, and it, I, you're never going to tell me different, you know? And, mm-hmm. and even like guys like Jr. have said, like triple H even wasn't convinced by him, you know, like triple right. H thought he was, he didn't look the part, you know, skinny or, fat. Yeah. Skinny fat. Triple. I think Jr. said like his ass was too fat. According to triple H, <laughs> like he triple H said his ass was too fat. He didn't look like a WWE That's champion. Trips yeah. had a lot of yeah. sus, sus lines in his career. Dude, I'm telling you anyway, that. Yeah. Trips. Uh-huh. Is, that's a whole nother story. But like, you know, so I just think it was a matter of like, well, we're going to let this guy come up. Like, you know who else they did it to when it was a shame was, um, Zach Ryder. Yeah. You know, like a guy who like, they clearly weren't in love with him. But he was so over. Got himself you know I mean? over. Like, yeah. And like with Zack Ryder, they kind of kind of like they gave him a strap, the IC strap. I remember we all, pop, you know, popped for that shit. But yeah. like, you know. Duke, do you think that was re- it? Real like, quick. Punk I was, was undeniable, you know. He was undeniable. Duke, do you think that he was, I know your answer probably, but like, was he properly handled in the uh, opening you know stages of his wwe main roster run or do you think like do you think he was ready i guess you said earlier and you know that he still he may have needed that conditioning in ecw but when he was winning the money in the bank like the long-haired punk and stuff like that do you mm-hmm. were you do you think he was ready yeah i mean once he learned their style and stuff like that like i thought he was ready i think sometimes guys are so cool that like Vince doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it happened with superstar Billy Graham. I think it happened with CM Punk. I think it happened with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. There's some guys that like, they just, they're like, why, why, why do people yeah, I, like this guy? I, 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 you know? I, I, and it's agree. like, just cause you don't get it. Doesn't yeah. mean, listen, man, there's a lot of wrestlers that people love that I don't fucking get. Yeah. But like, I can't deny like, you know, Becky Lynch. I don't get it but she's the most over female wrestler there probably, you know, like Mm -hmm. Sammy Guevara. I don't get it, but for some reason he's considered like a pillar of AEW. It doesn't mean, you know, I just don't get it, you know, like, and I don't think that Vince got some of these guys sometimes like, cause CM Punk doesn't look like, you know, prototypical WWE superstar. But so let me get into some of the accomplishments he had early on there because he did win the tag titles with Kofi Kingston. Um, They beat my boy. They beat my boy Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. That was the only time CM Punk ever held the tag titles. One one and only time was with Kofi. such a random team, too. such a random team. And um, I think that's second best Kingston he ever was in the ring with. I'm glad he didn't have the title more though than just that one time because I don't. He's a he's the definition of, of a loner to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, or if sure. he's with people, he's like the leader of a crew, mm-hmm. not sort of like. A, well, come on, P- CM Punk don't play well with others. I mean, let's that's just an ongoing that's, thing. That, that happens, bro. No, he's a that great happens. solo act. I mean, and I agree yeah. with you. He, he Allen Iverson did play well with others, and I love that guy to death. You know, touche. So GPS! Oh! Right 
So WrestleMania 24, Punk did win the Money in the Bank ladder match, as we mentioned, and he cashed in. It was June 30th, 2008. He defeated Edge to become world champion. You guys, I believe you guys watched that together, correct? Oh, yeah. Watched that at the comic book store randomly one night. Um, It was in our... uh in the one episode that we did about like it was an you know, episode shocking shocking title, title changes. changes. Yep. Yeah. It was like one of our personal favorites. It's my personal favorite money in the bank moment. Um, yep. When he cashes in, you hear his music, Batista kills edge for some reason. And uh, his music hits CM Punk cash. That was one of those moments that was so cool because even though he was getting the pops, even though he won the ECW belt and had some success and he won the money in the bank, in my heart, I'm still worried. Like, don't let this guy yeah. be the first yep. dude who cashes in and fails yep. or something like that. Because yep. it just, it just felt like every move they made was kind of like, yeah, but you're not the guy with Punk, mm-hmm. you know. So him winning the Money in the Bank was shocking enough, and then him coming out, you're like, oh god, please. It seemed like a good opportunity moment, you know, because Batista had murdered Edge, but you still never knew. And when he won that bout, I marked out hard. We all did. Duke, we were all in the store. Yep. And it was like, it's one Mortis. of my favorite moments. It's one of my favorite moments in pro wrestling, probably, yeah. you know, and it's like, and it's, you know, it's just like money in the bank cashing, which now are kind of like nonsense. But at the time it was still pretty new. Only edge had done it right at that time. Maybe yep. one of the, That's yeah. It. So like, yeah. so, you know, it was cool. You know, it was very memorable for me and seeing him with the big gold too. It's also like just one of those mind fucks, you know, big gold belt. It was one of those things where one of your guys won, you know, like we talked about, you know, and like um, in the shocking title changes episode three, like, you know, when one of your guys wins, it means a lot. And, you know, it meant a lot to him, too. You know, like all the legends that helped held that big gold belt. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, yeah, like watching it with your buds, you know, you get that like special moment that like, you know, you never forget and stuff. Um, So, yeah, it was awesome. And it was like agreed, though, like, you know, he's going to cash in and like they count and you're like two, like you almost couldn't believe it. You know, it's like, oh, my God, finally, you know, so yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's my that's my all time favorite cash in as well. And it also came like. Cause it didn't feel like no, you know, obviously in retrospect, it didn't feel like he maybe even should have been the champion at that mm-hmm. moment. You know what yep. I mean? And it was like, especially when the two guys who were in the ring were Batista and edge who were like top, top dogs of that company. Yep. And then like, he comes out and he wins it. You're kind of just like, it's like our guy just stole it, you know? And yep. it was like, so that, that it was a cool moment, you know, when it still mattered. It was cool. He, he held the belt for just over two months. Uh, so from June 30th, 2008 to September 7th, 2008, it was a it was, Jer- it was Chris Jericho. That oh, okay. Oh, wow. How about yeah. That? It was Chris Jericho that time. It was remember when he got attacked backstage before oh, the, before yeah. the match and, and Jericho yep. took his yep. place in the match. Yep. So right. it wasn't technically right. a loss yeah, to Jericho. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. It was shenanigans. Yeah, dude. what the hell, man? Look, it was he a lot. Lost. Yeah. It was a lot of shenanigans and overthinking wow. and overbooking of punk here. So, um, you know, punk was a full on. It heel. just goes to, it just goes to that whole thing of them not fucking with him like that. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like they just yep. made him lose the belt, but he was in backstage. He just replaced. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, he's the world champion. Yep. Yep. 
Well, he did win the Money in the Bank ladder match for a second time, becoming the only guy to do that uh, two-time Money in the Bank. And he would go on to cash it in again. This time he defeated Jeff Hardy, who was in a match with Edge. He came out right after. So it was like a lot more like overbooking of um, Punk's, Punk's world title wins in the world title picture. It was always like some kind of stipulation or some kind of um, – drawback to him being involved in those matches but, it felt like but with the second one with jeff jeff had just won a match wasn't that how it worked and then he cashed yes in. yes yeah, so sort of like edge it, yeah, it was so like, like a was it like a ladder match or something something like that yeah well, it's like, so like jeff was so over so then for punk to cash in on him at that moment it's sort of like makes him for them you know his heel turn for the rest of his like run kind i know he yeah. went baby face when everybody just loved him but no he was a full-on heel at this point with the hardy yeah. stuff like it was well kinda... he was not when he cashed in though yeah oh, exactly. no but just, yeah. so like yeah. when he came out people were like kind of cheering oh, no. but they were yeah, like oh yeah. shit but not on jeff you yeah, know not on jeff exactly he no, actually yeah. gts him once and jeff popped it yeah no and, and he kicked his face off and did it again and then he turned him and then the fans were kind of like oh man you're not supposed to do that to our guy yeah you know? to our guy yeah we like this dude yeah. yeah right no it was a ladder match it was edge and jeff hardy in a ladder match and then that's when it was punk a came ladder out. match okay. yeah punk came out after and then um he punk even defended it in a triple threat match against edge and jeff hardy on the on the a raw right around there and mm. and then uh june 28th at the bash it, it was him retaining the title even though he lost it to Hardy by DQ, but like the title couldn't hand, change hands on a yeah. DQ. It was like kicking the referee. It was all kinds of shenanigans. It was just so mm. much like yeah. overbooking, it felt like. Yeah. With with Punk, it felt like every time he was involved with the world title around then, it was so jumbled up, you know, and messy. Mm -hmm. And um, but he did eventually use that stuff with Jeff Hardy to go full fledged heel, which is kind of what I was alluding to, you know, which I thought was cool. That's what I think Hardy called his eye injury into question called CM Punk's eye injury into question. He's saying he was faking it, and then Punk turned heel. He was talking about being, like, the moral superior, you know, to the people who support Jeff Hardy. He had a little crew at this time, didn't he? Did he not? He had... um. I don't think that was well. This that, no. this was not the yet. beginning. This was the beginning of the Straight Edge Society, but not straight quite. Edge, but yeah. not quite yet. Yeah. Not quite yep. yet. So, um, it was July twenty seven or July twenty six, two thousand nine, and it was Night of Champions where he lost the t Punk lost the title to Jeff we Hardy. Were there. We were there. Yeah, that was. Yep. Yeah, it, me, it was this, there. the summer yep. scam. The summer scam. Oh no, that was when Night of Champions. Night, Night of Champions. Champions. Night yep. of Champions. Sorry, I just said that. Yeah, and then they I go. I feel like there was like a funny kid in front of us. Do you remember that, Frank? I'm not sure. Is he yeah, like loving sure. Jeff Hardy or something? Uh, like, possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah. I just rem what I remember we most were about that night there, though. was everybody kind of knew word on the street was Jeffrey was leaving. Mm -hmm. like he, everybody knew he was his time was up. And we were so big on Punk. And I remember there was a promo of some kind by Punk just like burying Jeff, you know, like for being like, you know, a drug addict or whatever Jeff's issues were. And he was like, I'm this clean living guy and you boo me, you know, the mm -hmm. cheer for this guy. You know, and it was like it was good heat. I remember him getting like real good heat against Jeff. And we all know. But my biggest memory from that show was Jeff. I don't even know if you remember this, dude, but Jeff pins him right gets the big win wins the belt and i remember just looking over because i feel like brian marvel was there randomly uh, and i remember looking over at duke 
And Duke looks at me, and we're just shaking our head, like, what are <laughs> they doing? You know what I mean? Because we, yeah. everybody, you know, if you were on the dirt sheets or if you were on the internet at all at that point, you kind of knew Jeffrey's contract was ending. You know what I mean? He was kind of out the foot out the door, even though he was the most over guy in the company as a baby face, you know, but yeah, it was, well, it that was, was during the time season. where, um, that was during a time where, uh, Freddie Prince jr. Shout out to Freddie Prince jr. Though, because he has a wrestling podcast wrestling yeah. with Freddie and it's awesome. He, I feel like he's kind of on the same wavelength with us as far as his wrestling fandom, but he was booking the Jeff Hardy run at the time. He talks about it a lot and he really did make Jeff feel like finally, you know, Mm-hmm. a main event player and um he was on his way out it was from july 26th night of champions till august 23rd at yeah. SummerSlam, which when him and punk had that big tlc match and that was i believe that was hardy's last that was his going away party there and punk yeah. got punk it was won. just such a bump. like doesn't just... that make you scratch your head this guy is at the top of the wwe mm-hmm. and he fucking split yeah yeah that's like that's crazy to me. It like just, they gave it, Jeff Hardy like mm-hmm. the top spot, man, and he left. It's and crazy. that's what that belt like felt like to me. It was sort of like, please stay. You're yeah. the champion. You know, yeah. here's the belt. You're the it's guy. Crazy man. Stay. And he just did not care. Well, you yeah. Know, I mean, you gotta love it. You gotta you gotta have the passion. But mm-hmm. um, after that match, Punk was attacked by the Undertaker. That was a cool moment. I do remember that pretty distinctly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it led to a pretty short-lived feud like they had a match later on at mania that we'll talk about but in this in this um instance it was punk and taker having like a submission match where punk won because the hell's gate was an illegal hole yeah, right. yeah, and yeah, then yeah. And, and then like you know vicky guerrero came out and said like the revert the reversal of the decision and once again more dusty finishes i can't yeah, state this enough pattern of like disrespect you know no clean programs no clean matches and i love a story i love you know i love some extracurricular stuff in some of these matches but with the guy like cm punk they never let him get you know off his feet because there was always some of this stuff going on for instance what does it say on your prescription bottle of pills take one every four hours Well, don't tell me that you people don't gobble four, six, eight at a time like they were Pez. That is drug abuse. I also don't smoke. And those who do are stupid. What you need is a leader. You need a strong leader who's going to stand up in the face of adversity and just say no. During that time, though, he had an awesome feud with Rey Mysterio that culminated in a WrestleMania mm-hmm. 26 match. It was a very short match. Short, but good. But good. I remember yeah. saying, like, this is going to be the best match mm-hmm. on WrestleMania, maybe mm-hmm. the best in the last 20 years. And they gave them maybe six minutes, I want to say. dude. That oh was the biggest God. issue. Because I remember watching that. I think we watched it at um, Duke's house. Um, I, I was that I the hair versus mask thing? It was. Or I'm sorry, yeah. hair. Oh, no, no, yeah, hair versus mask, right? Not at that. I don't believe not that. at Mania. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I remember thinking that same thing. I remember going to Duke's house, thinking if they give these guys some time, mm-hmm. this is the match of the night. And of course, it was like it was getting there. We're all into it, and then it's over. And you're like, well, the straight edge society version of Punk. I feel like once again they had a guy right there in their hands. Yeah, 
and he didn't reach, you know, the main event level at this point. At, I feel like he got knocked down a peg or two because it was like, you know, the straight edge society stuff. It all ended after that girl Serena was released. Serena deep. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was like a blip on the radar. It feels like it was longer, but it really wasn't that long that he had that version. No, uh, for sure. I remember being pretty short. Yeah, it was short. And it eventually got him into, you know, a lot of different feuds that that were kind of like on and off. Nothing memorable. You mentioned like some of his famous rivalry, some of his feuds. They really none really stuck until later on. And I think, you know, attaching himself to Cena, we'll get to that stuff. But he did have a little thing with Orton uh, at WrestleMania 27. And I had actually totally forgotten about this stuff. It was the new Nexus. Like I yeah. actually erased this stuff mm. from my mind. Um, Me too, kind of like looking back at it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I got his Nexus squad," you know. And it was right before he allowed himself, or I should say, they allowed him to to let loose and talk freely. But he had the short hair, and mm-hmm. he did adopt the leadership of the new Nexus thing out of nowhere. It felt like um, I'm felt very sure, thrown together. I'm pretty sure that this is when. Because didn't he want like Rollins and Moxley like as his guys or something like to join this? Like, is this too early? I think it's a little early. I think um, I think it was going to be instead of Roman Reigns, it was going to be Moxley, Seth Rollins and Chris Hero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to join in punk later, a little later on. But this was the new Nexus. And he had a feud with Orton that, that culminated in WrestleMania 27, which Honestly, that was a pretty damn good match, but they had a like a mini feud where they fought a last man in standing match at Extreme Rules. Punk lost these matches, by the way, pretty mm-hmm. much all of them. Um, so once again, it's Randy, bro, it's Randy Orton, but he's being a heel and you can see he's finally letting loose and he's being true to the character here. And um, it is the stuff that kind of like finally put him on the map because he he, you know, he had the the chains off. It felt like, but do you guys remember any of the new Nexus stuff, like at all? I, I just remember he had that Jack dude. What was that guy's name? Ryan Mason Ryan Mason, Mason Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, like that guy who was just like a guy who, to me, I would never think was in a crew with CM Punk. You know, I just remember being like, like where the Straight Edge Society felt like it made sense and it was cool. Mm-hmm. This Nexus thing just felt like it was WWE forced. Absolutely. Story. Came you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that when like the Nexus broke up and it was like the new Nexus and the core yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Uh, no, that was a little. Yeah, that, I was going to say the core. I don't remember, but I think the core came like a little bit more later on. That was it, like Wade Barrett, I think. Yeah, that was Wade Barrett. It, it, you know what? You might be right where that's where they actually feuded to. But regardless, uh, it was Punk, you know, sort of getting the chains off. But he got hurt. And before we get into the big deal of the pipe bomb, which we will, we have to touch on the commentary he was doing while he was hurt. He was injured. Oh, but, it was good. But they did some some stuff. They did some stuff where they let Punk be the commentator and i feel like this is might be what showed vince what punk's truly capable of because it's ridiculous to think that it took that long but yeah you know i'm not saying the stuff with mysterio and orton was bad by any means because like i enjoyed that but like it felt like this was what maybe had vince trust trust punk you know do you guys remember the commentary punk (laughs) 
I do. I mean, like, I don't remember like super specifics, but like, I do remember thinking punk on commentary was gold almost yeah. every time I heard him. You know, I just like this guy is so good. You know, you let a guy talk, you have let a guy have some freedom, you know, to say what's on his mind and say what he's looking at. And like, you could, you, you could, uh, you could tell like how he, he thinks, you know, and it's obviously way cooler than fucking any of these other announcers that they currently have, you know? So like when somebody stands out, especially at that time, even the commentary wasn't like the greatest anymore. So like when a guy comes on and like stands out, it's obviously memorable. And I, I thought punk on the mic, you know, it's always good. It's always good. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember anything specific, but yeah. No, but he was gaining momentum at least because yeah. he was hurt, but they let him stay on TV. He was gaining momentum and it was in uh, June 2011 and he started picking up big time wins here. This is when he beat John Cena on Raw. It was sort of a schmaz finish, but it, it happened. He beat Rey Mysterio at a pay-per-view, beat uh, Alberto Durio and Mysterio in a three-way for a number one contender spot. Like he had, this was all in the span of three weeks, I think. So he had some big wins piling up and then he revealed that his contract's going to expire at July 7th, on July 17th, which was their Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and that's when he vowed to take the WWE title with him. Brutal honesty I'm known for. July 17th is the day my contract with World Wrestling Entertainment comes to an end. When the clock strikes midnight, I am leaving, and I am leaving with the WWE Championship. So Punk revealed that his contract was going to expire on July 17th, 2011 at the money in the bank and he vowed to take the title with him second time he's done that it's a little nod a little callback i guess but june 27th 2011 it was the pipe bomb promo he said things and did things that felt real you know um they've been i think it's been revealed they were heavily discussed with vince ahead of time what he did say and what he could say so I'm not going to just assume that it was all shooting from the hip, but it, it felt real. And and in a PG era, like which it was at that time, he was throwing a little dose of, you know, attitude in there. So yeah. do you guys um, really quick before we get into the details of the pipe bomb, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall, talking about New Japan, ROH, winking at Cole Cabana. Um, but do you guys remember watching that live? And did you feel... Yeah like it was shocking and was it a moment yeah for sure for me no doubt for me and um i also don't know like i know it's uh, like it was a work you know what i mean and like i know that vince uh was in on it and it wasn't like that unheard of but like i don't know that so much of that shit was discussed all, all, all like on you know other than we're gonna let you go out there and you know say what you gotta say because I feel like guys like Triple H were extremely butthurt after the fact still, you know, but I do remember that moment. I lived in Florida. So this is when I moved to Florida already. And I remember watching it going off and I'm like sitting there like, oh shit. And I remember calling, yeah, I either called or text my cousin Ray Ray and was like, yo, punk is going off script. He's lost, he lost his shit. You know, he's shooting. I remember telling him, like, it was crazy. It may have been right when he finished, you know, and I was like, dude, did you see what happened on Raw? You know, because it, it shocked me so much. And that's, like, what I'd wanted. You know what I mean? Like, this, and he said what, you like Duke was saying earlier, the truth hurts, you know? And it's the certain things that he was dropping, certain lines where you're just like, 
it's what we would all talk about. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. So to me, it was a shocking moment. It, it got me reinvested like heavily in that program and all that, that, you know, in their shows, just period. Because I was like, this felt like something different and where the shows felt the same every fucking week. Yeah. Wearing an Austin shirt. Do, oh, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember watching the pipe bomb? Hell yeah. Um, I hadn't, as you get older, I think it's harder to like mark out, I think, you know, cause you've kind of seen everything. But I remember that night being like, oh shit, like Frank being like, oh shit, like yeah. this is one of those moments, you know? And like when you go back and watch it now, it's not so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But like in the, the moment, like it was, it was a big deal. And it's funny because we've talked about how poorly he was handled by the WWE. And look, he's about to leave and look what happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Do whatever you want now, CM Punk. You know what I mean? Like, why does it have to come to that? Why does that have to be my contracts expiring? Let me do what I want or I'm going to leave. Like, it's just, it's unfortunate that Vince never saw like what he had with him because like, you know, I think a lot of times Vince, if he doesn't make you, he won't fully invest in you or like, you know, push you to the moon as he does with so many other guys. But like, dude, you're still making the money off of shirts, yeah. man. Yeah. You're still getting the ratings that you're that yeah, you're it getting. It's you, dude. Yeah. You like, know? I don't I don't understand the weird, like anti, you know, guy like CM Punk thing. But yeah, the pipe bomb was crazy, man. I remember like going on social media and just being like losing my shit about it you know yeah for anyone that's a little texting your buddies and stuff yeah yeah for anyone that's a little younger you have to understand like 2011 that's 11 years ago already but the pipe bomb promo he was kind of breaking that fourth wall he was going off script he was dropping truth bombs but i want to dissect a little bit about what he said to cena because he was saying something like cena is just as great at kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan. Like Punk was doing the anti-hero thing here big time. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. Do I have everybody's attention now? The only thing that's real is me. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. For almost six years, I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone in that ring and i'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after vince mcmahon's death if he only cared about pro wrestling like like i said earlier he could have stayed in new japan or ring of honor like he shouted them out during the pipe bomb was like i'll just go work for them well it's like why did you ever leave them if all you wanted to do was be a pro wrestler the whole time you know what i mean like you could have had those great well, we've wrestling been, matches we've been through this already he, he goes there because that's the dream right and he went there and it wasn't as peachy as he thought it would be and then that's, he felt, yeah i mean that's you know, it's like i don't, I don't think, think that's, that's abnormal no me neither like you know we've all done things being like you know whether it's a, a relationship or whatever being like oh man yeah this sounds great and then not so fucking much you know it doesn't yeah. work out like, yeah but you know the writing gotta be on the wall when you're looking at the like quote-unquote land yeah, but, giants like he knew what he got himself into and then like i felt like he whined about it a little bit that's just like in retrospect watching that pipe bomb it sounded a bit whiny because you knew where you, you were just going. said you've just said this entire podcast how poorly he was handled yes mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you don't think he had a right to well, bitch about it? But in a way, yeah. But in a way to be like, uh, I'll just go to Ring of Honor. I'll just go to New Japan to like have wrestling matches. Like mm-hmm. he was having wrestling matches. It's just a shame like he wasn't getting the best booking with the world titles and stuff. I just felt like, you know, like I said, professional wrestler, professional. I mean, you got to do business, right? And I, I mean, like I said, Vince probably co-signed that promo. I'm sure it was somewhat scripted Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but like, look, Bret Hart, HBK, Ben Wyatt, EG, like we went through all those guys, Mick Foley, like they weren't the pro- prototypical Vince guys, but they all had Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, but HBK like left the company when it wasn't going his way. Austin left the company when it wasn't going his way. You know what I mean? It was it, Punk didn't do anything that was so absurd. He was just saying it. You know what I mean? And it got himself over. And, and, and I feel like those guys respected Vince, though, and like the WWE label. Oh, bro, Austin more than went Punk. home in the middle of a show. You know what I mean? Like Austin went home in the middle of a show. HBK retired Crocodile Tears in the middle of the ring, and he retired for years. Because Come he didn't want to fucking, he I'm didn't want to do, I'm he didn't want to do business. A... He didn't want to do business, you know? So it's like, I understand what you're saying, but I think like anybody, I mean, people have gotten jobs where they thought it was the dream job. Mm-hmm. And maybe at, at first the honeymoon phase was all right. And you're willing to eat some shit. Cause you're there. Where else is he going to go? You said new Japan, you said ring of honor, but the guy, you, you want to make money when you, well, have a career right well like then you, don't yeah, i mean you gotta be take take what you like and he did right he was there for years it wasn't like he got there and his first after his first appearance on ecw he was shooting from the hip you know but he's he strict he's stricken the whole career from his record books like none of it mattered yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll and we'll get into that which you know? i feel but like is a little reasons. messed up he has his reasons though you know you think it's messed up because we're sitting back from this position of just watching it unfold on TV. And you're like, what do you have to be mad about? But we've seen well, it in like every sport, you know, or any, anything like that, where it's sort of like got, dude, I remember when Allen Iverson asked to be traded. I said, I laid on my crouch, sad boy for like the whole day. You know what I mean? Rocking back. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just bummed out that that guy, all of a sudden he wanted to leave the team you know what i mean that he had rode for for so long and we carried him on their back and he was our guy you know what i mean and i love he's my favorite player of all time yeah and he requested a trade and it was just like oh you know so i don't think it's so crazy that you get pissed off when you're like what the fuck do i gotta do bro you know what i mean well, everybody your, had that put your that world title point. on me everywhere like, right like, you put your world title on me in ovw you put your world title on me in ecw you give me the intercontinental title. You give me the tag team titles. You know, I'm having banger matches with Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. I'm getting a reaction regardless of whether you want me to get a reaction or not. You know, um, yeah. my contract's finally up and I'm thinking about dipping. And then they start begging him to stay or whatever. To, we don't know. Right. But like whatever the case is. Right. They had negotiations. They figure it out. And then wow. he goes on that. He does that pipe bomb of saying shit that we all said that maybe it'll get better when Vince dies. But who knows, right? Because I mean, I never said moron, that. But 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 who knows? Because his moron son-in-law and daughter. Yeah, I want to get into. Let me really quick. Let me really quick get into some of the things he said because he talked about Vince is a millionaire that should be a billionaire, but he surrounds himself mm-hmm. by yes men like Johnny Ace. That's a fact. He talked about guys grabbing the imaginary brass ring and even getting yourself over won't matter because even himself included is just a spoke in the wheel and he'll be replaced mm-hmm. just like every other wrestler for sure truth there as well mm-hmm. he also said i'd like like you said i'd like to think that maybe this company will get better after vince mcmahon dies but even when steph and triple h take over it won't matter 
you know, because just basically yeah. they're just as inept as Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. Look, the pipe bomb, it was impactful. Like the shows around yeah. them were weak. There was like anonymous GM shit going on. It was it was horrible. It was like pretty much unwatchable. But if nothing else, it like kind of lit a fire, you know, under like you said, it kind of reinvigorated invigorated your interest. And yeah. um, I just something we go back and forth on is like I think it made it cool, you know, feeling. You know, it felt it like did. oh shit. And like, and that's kind of always been the case when any anybody kind of starts maybe shooting and you're not quite sure what's real and what's not blurring those lines. Because like fans like us, when we watch a we watch all of the shit, right? Mm-hmm. We we can predict the whole fucking show and you're looking for that thing that gets you out of your comfort zone or with that predictability and something like that, you know. Oh, maybe. dude! Was in the middle of the PG, yeah. In the middle of a PG era, it was it was mm-hmm. a dose of attitude, like I said. Now I want to ask yeah, you yeah. both. I want to ask you both once again. Lists, rankings. Is it the greatest? <laughs> is it the greatest promo of all time? And if not, nah, I don't think so. Is it one of them? And what comes to mind? If it's not, you know, do you think it's up there? You know, I think it has to like be in the conversation. I don't know if I'll be able to say it's the best promo. I would have to really think about it. I have to sit down and really think. Well, about let me give you a few like Austin 316, The Hard Times, Jericho's debut, which we talked about. Um, even I loved Hogan's. It's funny. No shit. Those are the three that popped yeah. in my head. Beautiful. I, I had one more to add to it really quick. Um, the NW, like Hogan right after joining the NWO is yeah. an underrated oh, yeah. promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, like those, I, I think I might even rank all those as being more significant moments i mean you can't deny the nwo they were more wrestling you, promos yeah, I guess, exactly right? they're wrestling and that's exactly maybe not austin point. maybe not austin well yeah, i guess it was but right? i think it was yeah it was wrestling he, yeah. he was just kind of shooting jake a little bit but yeah he wanted through that for real yeah exactly. you know that was a wrestling character yeah promo. so like i think where punks is different is it was it felt more shooty you know so it's sort of like it's a kind of a different thing because we felt like he genuinely was off script you know and his contract was expiring it was yeah yeah Duke, a lot of like drama surrounding one for for duke and i like i know he's going to appreciate but um it brings it back around there's sam punk's boy triple h but his sit down with jim ross like when he oh, was shooting yeah. absolutely and oh he yeah. came out of his shell like that's yep. an underrated promo absolutely. i feel yeah. like too that was similar it's, it was there's just a, also, I'm, I'm always gonna love a shoot you know a, shoot. a great one was also uh the undertaker talking about i'm um, getting stuck <laughs> in the desert <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Big show, big show comes out of the desert with Harley Davidson on his back. Skin boots, Harley Davidson on his back. Desert tides. Oh gosh, that's like the most infamous promo. Yo, I'm I'm glad it's I'm glad people recognize it, even if they think it's ridiculous. I love it. So great, but dude, yeah, the pipe bombs up there. Like I mentioned, some of those other promos. I, I look at the end of the day, it shifted everything and it's funny because whether it was like a prophetic thing that he was doing it actually changed after he left like all the nxt stuff like he got kind of what he was looking for which he says he wanted a fun working environment and where they can have good wrestling matches like that's what he wanted um i guess that's what like nxt turned into or whatever but it's just it started something right if nothing else and i want to say i want to point out too about the impact of it now, anytime anybody says anything, it's a pie bomb, you mm-hmm. know, when it now, it, you know, it impacted the culture of professional wrestling 
Yeah. I mean, seemingly since then, who knows how long this will go where people are like, like MJF did that in AEW and it was MJF's pipe bomb. Yeah. Know? Everything's now is the MJF's, label, the low, the, the, yeah, exactly. the naming of it is, yeah, it's, so it's, yeah, you might as well call it a CM Punk pipe bomb every time it's a good mm-hmm, promo. Yeah. It definitely like puts something in the, in one of those earworms in everybody's fucking brain where it's just, he like, was using it as like a catchphrase for a while after that. Like, yeah, yeah, he did, which I didn't like, love. Yeah, 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 which I, didn't I know like, Duke I didn't love that either. Yeah, it was a little cheesy. Triple H and he's like pipe bomb, you yeah. know, and it's like, yeah, eh, I don't need you to do all that. But <laughs> in that <laughs> first moment, you know, it, it was, was natural, and and it once again, it was um, it was organic. But I, I want to ask you, like, because there was a lot of stuff after that that sort of got you know crazy with the money in the bank match with Cena. That match, match was probably you know at least one of the most. Um, the crowd, like other than Rock versus Hogan, I feel like oh, that yeah. was the match where the crowd really made it even bigger mm-hmm. than it was. Plus, he was leaving. But you guys yeah. remember that? It was match? in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, was in Chicago. You know that really that match because as much of a star as he was or or wasn't. What year match, was that? That was two thousand eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Okay. That match made him the top guy in the business. You know what I mean? Like that feud, all of all, everything, you know, put everything into a pot and it made, you know, that moment. But the match was credit to Cena as well. The match was super good. There was lots of drama. Mm-hmm. The crowd couldn't have been more hot. And that's when you have to, and, and, they, and they did, Vince McMahon and them go, oh, there's something different with this guy versus some other guy who just has a hometown match, right? And gets a hometown pop. That crowd, that's where the, if, if punk loses, we riot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was that song. Cena wins, we riot, whatever it is. Um, you know, the crowd, the moment, the finish, how he left, Vince trying to screw him, which I also think I don't even know that all that was necessary, but it was a good little callback to Vince screwing a guy, you know, over with the Montreal screw drop. Like finish. Yeah, I kind of liked Vince being involved in it because you know, he really was threatening to leave with the title. So I like I like it ultimately. Ultimately, because Vince is on the outside, he gives him that that famous shot of him blowing him the kiss as he leaves yep. to the crowd. Yeah. You know, which is all iconic shit. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like I know for a fact that when that match was over, I was like, "This dude is the coolest fucking guy in wrestling <laughs> since I don't even know who." You know what I mean? Probably so Austin cold. for me personally. Yeah. I know. I said it last week. I think that Punk reached an Austin level at some point, yeah. and that was around it. I do believe that Duke. That match, uh, the crowd aspect. Do you remember how? electric it was oh yeah we were we watched that at my apartment i believe we did yeah uh because daniel bryan won the money in the bank mm-hmm. yeah alberto del rio yep. won the money in the bank mm-hmm. christian won the world yep. title he and then defended fucking, it yeah yeah it successfully well, right yeah right yeah. because if no didn't he beat orton because well that would have been the greatest night the, ever <laughs> no 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 he had it he i, I thought it was if orton lost by DQ, Christian won the belt. Isn't that what happened? I see. Like the way my yeah, that feud was a little tricky. You know, there was yeah, some... yeah. The way I remember I it was that, that Christian was got like a Fugazi win, but kept it. Yeah, I don't I, know. Because, it was a like, great pay per view night, though. It really was. Yeah, it was. Like, I remember put out. I think in last once again years. on social media, I remember being like, wrestling just got cool again. Yeah, because like, mm-hmm. I was so excited with way you know the way it was going like brian 
Christian Del Rio and Punk at the top. Uh, like, yep. oh yeah, man. Jericho was doing go. great stuff around then, I believe. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, I had a full house. Frank, were you there or were you in Florida at that time? I was in Florida. I watched uh, it okay. in my apartment. We I had, I'm, apartment. I'm sure, John, you were probably there. And yeah, oh, I was there. Uh, Mortis I and I Maybe think Cern was there. Yeah. Um, probably Brit. Like, I had a lot of people. And you're yeah. right, Duke. Orton did lose the title by DQ. Okay, yeah, I thought right. so. Right. It was, you know, a DQ, but it was a scene. Uh, Christian got the Because w. doesn't Christian, Christian like, belt. spit on him or something? Yeah, or kicked him in the and balls he, or something he, like that. I thought Christian, like, spit on him, and it made Orton do some crazy shit to him, and then he ended up losing the belt. Anyway. Yeah, no. I'll, it, I'll talk about Christian for four hours. Uh, but, I'll do a show on Christian all day. Yeah. But, um, hell, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, but once dude. again, it's, like, finally they give him what he wants, but it's because he's leaving. You know, it's like... It did on, lead, man. though. Like, it did lead to uh, at least, I believe it was two, two and a half more years of CM Punk in the WWE. So, like, they did work out the contract. It led to some awesome yeah. TV. It led to some amazing... But moments. then what happens when he signs a new contract? Well... They fucked it up again, bro. Sure, he had a great long reign, but, like, I mean, what the hell did he do? I mean, like, look, like, now, hold on. We talked about being fickle and jaded, and I agree that it wasn't... WWE itself wasn't great at that time, but you gotta remember, he had a pretty awesome dream match with Daniel Bryan at the mm -hmm. time. It was on a pay-per-view. He had the WrestleMania match with Jericho, which I didn't love the story they built around it. Once again, they went to the alcoholism oh, thing, course, which yeah. like it was a little played it's out. It's just easy, you know. Mm -hmm. It's easy. easy. And like, I, you know, Jericho, I, I just didn't love that feud for him. But, um, you know, Punk had some pretty, you know, like, yeah, he had to deal with the uh, the big show still and guys like that lingering around that main title picture. But he did have the long run. I mean, 434 days, I think it was. Um, it was the longest run at the time since Pedro Morales. So, yeah. like, we're talking about over 400 days at the time. It was epic shit. I mean, yes, the the length isn't always everything. But I think the, yeah, pro it, it, the product itself like wasn't it that was good. Epic because, like name like a great yeah, match that's you know, my that problem with during the that time exactly. you know? the daniel bryan match was actually really good um it it was like a half hour you know like it was it was a decent match but it's I like, felt like they could have done a lot more with mm -hmm. him you know like, and and, again, and then just, the big thing yeah that started his beef was not getting the mania match that Yes. which is that's probably laughable. and it's absurd like, yeah it's, it's absurd. laughable that that guy didn't have a main event wrestlemania match like, well it's, let's it's a it's a travesty well let's get into the reason why and and i'm just gonna ask you guys the question flat out how disappointed were you when the rock beat him for the title yeah i mean pretty fucking disappointed and you knew it was gonna happen you just hope he oh, somehow got his back you know and like was able to get into this but it's like i was in denial like, about it like, not even I, a fucking wrestler, bro, anymore. You know, it's like I respect the rock, I love the rock, but it's just like you've been gone. Why do you gotta come in and beat the most over guy they've had in a long time? Yep. You know, and then even fucking losing, right? Like, even if we could get behind him losing to the rock or whatever, just like removing him from the equation totally yep. after that, you know, yep. that's the biggest slap in the face. And mm -hmm. why I kind of like ride with punk and being annoyed you know what i mean because it's like bro you told him we were we were talking about before the show how will osprey was you know doing moves and 
Kevin Nash said, yeah, but how many shirts did you sell? Well, CM Punk fucking sold all the shirts. You know, he was selling yeah. all the merch. You know, he was the top guy everywhere you looked at it. And they just removed him to make a dream match that nobody actually dreamt about. And, you know, well, was- let, let me be devil's advocate for a minute. You know, I'm going to do the, yeah. the defend WWE thing at some point here, but like, have you not? Already he, he had a long, he had a long reign, but listen, he got to work with the undertaker on that WrestleMania should have been the main event. I mean, the rock for Cena was the main event. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, I know I get it, but look, you look at you're running a business. Yeah. You're running a business. You can get the rock back. And I'm going to ask you straight up. You could get him back and you could have a match with Cena. Do you not do that? Like, do you not have that match? No, I have, sure. I, Don't make it for the, the WWE title. Exactly. Exactly. If you want the match. So what do you want it to be in the middle of the card? The opening card? Like, yeah. What do you... The same way Hogan and The Rock was. You know what I mean? And that's an actual dream but, match. That but wasn't in hindsight, match. I think they were like a pretty upset yeah, but putting that's Triple an, H like and said, Jericho like on said, after that. That. Was an, that was an actual dream match. This is like the this is like the opposite, right? Like they put Jericho and Triple H because they had the title. The same way they had, they put John Cena in The Rock because they had the title. That wasn't a real dream match, but they put it last because they had the title and it's The Rock. And guess what? It sent the show home on a dud. Also, is like the WWE has this weird thing where they think like these attractions sell tickets. They don't. Mm -hmm. Fucking no one. Bro, you're telling me people are going to go to WrestleMania to see Brock Lesnar? No, nowadays the brand, okay, the exactly. brand sells. It's but w- I do think exactly. I think then though there was a Miami tie-in with for The Rock. I think it was Dude, a big on. thing. I'm I don't sure. love it, but I think I'm pretty it was a sure big I read thing. something to. But that was New York. This actually. Is all, these aren't facts necessarily, but I'm pretty sure that that the numbers for that mania were actually disappointing, considering they had The Rock in as the main event. The you know point I mean? is WWE sells. Yeah. It's WWE. There are literally pro wrestling fans who don't know anything else exists. I get that. But do you like think putting the rock? Hold on. The- hold on. WrestleMania is coming to Philadelphia in 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm going to that. I don't I don't know who the fuck who's going to be on the card. Right. Yeah. Like, come on, man. No, you I get I'm with me, you that you the brand sells. All you want, and it's not. It's not even against you, like yeah. you know, I'm, that I'm trying to argue with. I'm saying like, it's bullshit. If you want to have Rock and Cena, have them Rock and Cena. CM Punk deserved to go into WrestleMania in the main event and defend the, the title, whether it's against the Undertaker, whatever you want to do. Yeah, but, exactly. Come on, Tucci, man. Like, he was the, the biggest star in pro wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. it's the counter Tucci. If John, if the main event of that WrestleMania, if they have Rock and John Cena on the card, right? Big deal, big match. Two of the Which wasn't good, by the way. Exactly. I watched Horrible. it but, five times because I want to like it and I don't. But if the main event of that WrestleMania is CM Punk world champion with the longest streak they've had since Pedro Morales versus The Undertaker and his undefeated WrestleMania streak, Boom. if that's the right main event, are you are you like, oh, well... Street the Rock is a bigger star. You're like no, me, you no. I'm yeah. yeah, me, no. But I, I, I'm trying to get in their heads for a minute, and you know, and also they end up being the best match of the night too. Taker and absolutely, uh, it was Punk, an excellent yeah. match. I actually believed for a minute that CM Punk was going to be the guy in the streak. I hear what the you guys are saying. Was good. Would yeah, you have crawled like a snail? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you hear this is what I was going to say is um, yes, like. I agree with you both. The CM Punk should have been on the top versus Taker with your scenario is even better. I would, that would, I would love that. Street but versus street. 
But yeah. The Rock, you know, whether we like it or not, he is. Yes, the brand sells itself, but The Rock will draw other people to the show. Pay per view wise. Question: Should Logan Paul main event WrestleMania next year? He'll draw more people to that pay per view than The Rock at that point would have. John, stop thinking about this. Look, man, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Honestly, you know, you know I wouldn't saying, be surprised like, to be Bad Bunny and to... Logan Paul versus. Yeah, yeah, you know, the Miz. You know, and, it's and, just if like... he main events in Philly, I'm selling my tickets. There is some stuff in there. Like I said, we had the Undertaker feud, and forget the match. I love that feud. Like the stuff Absolutely. with the the ashes and the urn. I and, didn't you know. like the Paul Bearer stuff. Yeah. Which I could I get. never uh, liked when they do like I remember they did that shit with, with Eddie, Eddie and I'm like, Yeah, oh, Eddie always rushed. Like yeah. that's not there's zero payoff to that too, you know. No, like, yeah, like they're cheap. You know, the using people that have passed away is just in poor taste in my opinion, you know. Yeah, I didn't love the But stuff. I did love the feud, I agree. Yeah, the feud was good. And um Did you guys think he had a chance to end the streak? Or was I alone on that? I didn't really think so. I because I was still at, at that point. I still thought I thought nobody should or will break this streak. Well, you know what I mean? me like too, I, Frank. And fuck yeah, us. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> fuck they us. had to put that's that the ultimate problem with that company. Fuck that us. up and coming youngster. <laughs> yeah, him the big exactly. The guy, yeah, no, no he needed guy. it. He needed it. Yep, what would Brock it. be if he didn't beat Undertaker? Nothing, bro. Years after he retired from. Wrestling. You want to know what's funny about that guy, Brock Lesnar, who beat the Undertaker? It's on that WrestleMania card where. Punk fought Taker. <laughs> Even after that match with Punk versus Taker, Triple H versus Lesnar, and then Rock versus Cena happened. So Punk was third from the top <laughs> with the Undertaker. Hey, and you know another thing I want to point out too, and it goes back to like Punk's frustration and all, is that apparently, according to Punk and a couple of others, when he went backstage after that match, guys like Vince McMahon and uh, his yes man that also recently just got let go. Um, we're like, it should have gone on last. You should have gone on last. So, like, for him to then have that feud after the validation, uh, after, yeah, after being disappointed that there, he's not going to be not even the champion. I don't think he had a problem losing the belt. It was just how he let him be in the match. He wanted to be in the triple threat. Even that yeah. makes more sense to me. Make it a triple threat with Rock and right. Cena and him. Even I that, at least him near that. Mess. But <laughs> I'm just saying for him, the yeah, top yeah. guy to be in yeah. the main event picture, yeah. right? Well, and, um, I, I, and then I know- to hear Vince McMahon go, oh. It should have went last. That's like, just yeah. Thanks, dude. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what thanks, but no like, thanks. Yeah, I should have, Vince. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've, I heard Punk say yeah. he said, "Pay me like I did. <laughs> Pay me like yeah. I should have went on." This urn, I did not take to disrespect Paul Bear. I took it because of what it means to the Undertaker. This means everything to the Undertaker, and it doesn't mean a damn thing to me. I mean, yeah. I think it's CM Punk personally. That's my favorite CM Punk match in WWE and feud. Mm. But, well, that's a spoiler. It's um, up there, yeah. I like so, the Cena one, but... Okay, yeah, that's a good one. But um, from there, dude, he had a brief feud with the Wyatts. Um, there was a lot of stuff. We talked about the Ryback stuff, the Shield getting involved. Like, it got real weird to the point where he did reference on the podcast with Cole Cabana, which we're going to include some audio here in this podcast, but he referenced, you know, them signing big, big Dave Batista and bringing them in uh, as a baby face around then and how to out of touch they were with not seeing the Brian thing at the time, the Daniel Bryan thing. And that like really ate them up. And, you know, there was some stuff there 
like it just got so messy at the end. And I remember we watched that Royal Rumble. I think we did, but I know I watched it. And when he got eliminated by Kane, you either knew it was over forever. Yeah, you knew it was over forever or you felt like something happened to him. He did end up getting concussed in that match. But that shit at the end, dude, was so bizarre and sad. Honestly, it felt sad. Like they did feel it did feel like the ending of a botched relationship you know no yeah i think that's exactly what it was i think it was you could see a guy who was just done over it you know like as much as you try and and even pro- probably prove people wrong over and over and they still just shit in your face it's sort of like you could see he was spent he was banged up his body was fucked you know he was concussed he was having all types of health issues that according to him in that podcast were like being neglected you know so you know, it's a tough situation. You just his get beat up. Health. Yeah, you just all this shit. Well, his quote up. was, I think he said he went. His quote was, he went in and told Triple H, who was in the room. He told Vince McMahon, but Triple H was in the room. He said, "You shackled me. You creatively stifled me, and you made this a very toxic environment. I no longer want to be here." This is what he said, right? And um, then he was fired on his wedding day, and uh, you know, but look, this was a, a breach of contract by Punk. Like he was fired for walking out. He walked out. Okay, so um, look, you take your ball and go home, and you walk out. Like I'm sure they're thinking, I don't care what day of the week it is, we're firing you. Like I just feel like for me, I'm gonna sound like a hater at some of those points, but I do think both sides are probably to blame for this shit towards the end being such a disaster. Like it seemed like he was like you guys said, mentally warped and burnout. And I don't know, man, I wish it would have ended better because we didn't see him again for seven years. No, for sure. I mean, I wish it would have ended better too, but I, I can't, I just always find it difficult to like kill a guy for feeling like he's being mistreated, you know, over and over again. And then, taking it into his own hands you're talking about a breach of contract it's like who gives a fuck about a breach of contract you know if it's like his health and his mental well look on the thing about health real quick like the the whole like the staff infections he went on cabana's podcast and i don't know if you guys heard that thing before but like he talked about MRSA and like the chance of infection Mm -hmm. and stuff but this comes from a guy who bled all over fucking raven's face it doesn't matter though dude like it was he really that concerned MRSA could kill you but MRSA could kill you you know like legitimately I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, he and was he in a had bad MRSA way that was untreated by a WWE doctor for months and months and months. You know, and it's like that could kill him. I, I did all these fucking things, and all I wanted was the main event of WrestleMania. And it's fine if you don't think that is me and that I'm that caliber of a fucking superstar. But then you need to fucking fire me <laughs> because I do not want to be here, and I do not want to be anything less. I will go somewhere else. And I will get more fucking over because I know I can. You have shackled me. You have creatively stifled me. You have made this a very toxic environment. I no longer want to be here. The punk WWE relationship ended. Do you think there's things that he could have did from what you know that could have salvaged it? Because walking out, like you're never going to win the war with Vince McMahon, like walking out, like maybe 10 years later, you'll come back like some of the guys. But I, I, I just feel like when he walked out, that was probably it, you know, and then they fired no, him for sure. I mean, it was, you know, 
it's the Bret Hart screw job to me all over again, where like I wish both parties had handled it better. Um, like him just walking out abruptly, breach of contract. Like, yeah, that's unprofessional. But like at the same time, like I give a person a lot of credit for walking away from a toxic situation, you know, like it's like when you're in a bad relationship and like, you know, you got all this negative energy surrounding you and you're feeding off of each other. And like, you're walking on eggshells around each other. Or like if there's two people in a relationship that maybe they have a kid together, you know, and it's like, it's hard to walk away from, but like I give people a lot of credit for walking away from that. And he was sick, man. He was, he was sick physically, mentally. He didn't, he was miserable. Good for him. for leaving. Well, well unhappiness, same- you know, misery and unhappiness can come from inside too. And it's sure. like, you know what I mean? Like, like we don't know where he was. I mean, he was making look millions of dollars, right? He had the mm-hmm. WWE title for over 400 days, longest since Pedro. Like even like doing the make a wish stuff with kids, like, and he's still like unfulfilled inside. Like he blames like a lot of people and the booking and I get some of it, but it's like, dude, he was, he was like, what? 30, 34 at the time, 35. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some of it feels like, is he supposed to kill himself for the company? I mean, dude, his version is one version, right? We don't know the other version. Like, the MRSA thing, the, all that I stuff. I mean, and that's what we have to go on, right? What we know. Yeah, and I it, just feel like, dude, like misery, like I said, can come from an internal place. And he's sure. been he's been pretty He's. I'll tell you what, though. He's been pretty happy as a peach oh, since does, he left that company. I think you know he's I mean? playing so, a nice so guy like, role well, though. I don't know. I don't I, know. He's doing movies. He's writing comic books. He's been living this life that he wants to live happy, you know, fulfilling dreams, like whatever that UFC run was, you know, came back to AEW, super positive. I just don't know that when he left there, it wasn't like he stayed this When he talked about the dub, his time in WWE, he was a miserable fuck. He would talk about it. When he very, talked about it, when, but when he talked about anything else, he seemed very fucking happy. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, you're saying like it look, can come from within. Anything can, you know, I get it. But he brought up in also the, in- if you're in a toxic place working 300 days a year, whatever they used to say these guys did, you know, like I can I can imagine wanting to get out, you know. Yeah, it, it got, he got burned out. I'm not also I think we're like diving way deep into shit when you talk, you know, start talking about how he felt or differences and like mm-hmm. how his you know well look dude philosophically definition of you know happiness and all this shit like well look, I, I, I mean, look at it like quotes this. from him he said in the in the interview i lost my passion and mm-hmm. you know yeah, that's well, a that's a quote look, from him look at him yeah. like i just said in dress slacks but like, like bro i i get it if, but i i said it before i'll say it again and this is a nod to another one of my favorite guys frank you know vincent gallo he wrote buffalo 66 he did this you know he did a little indie movie much like punk did a little indie thing with ring of honor it was like a banger right mm-hmm. and you know they they wanted to kind of like give him a big picture deal and all that stuff he didn't do it Right. He wanted to stay, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, true to himself and make a bunch Mm -hmm. of indie stuff, be like weird ass Vincent Gallo. He wanted to carve his own little legacy. I'm just wondering, like, should Punk have went to make the big picture, the big budget picture? Because he it ended up, like you said, almost killing him. And he kept saying towards the end, like, I wish it was a fun environment like ROH. And, you know, he I guess he thought he could create change, but he couldn't like yeah. 
and you know, it's I mean, hard to for me to think like that because I don't feel like things are mistakes. I think that they're learning, you know, they're they're lessons. You know, like I don't have regrets in life because when I fuck up, I try to learn from it. You know, and yeah. like he went there, and I'm sure he had a lot of cool things happen, and you know, he was WWE champion, which I'm sure was a dream for his, and things didn't work out. And he moved on. I don't think, like you said, that he's maybe he's not the most uh, emotionally mature person because to carry hate in your heart, I think is a very dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. But again, I think that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. so like in the, for, you know, each individual. You right. Know, the, exactly. It's like, it's like, who's to say how yeah. anybody should feel about anything. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's tricky. And he, listen, I think he went to WWE. He obviously had an impact, right? We're talking about this whole episode's about him. Yep. He's in all of our top 20-ish or whatever we and said. And if he doesn't go there, we're not talking about him right exactly. now. Exactly. So it's like, obviously right. it was like, there was a part of it, but the idea that like he solely benefited from, because I know John likes to, you know, say like, without the WWE, you know, what's he doing, you know? And it's like- I wonder- yeah. And then, you know, but that's, that could be any wrestler, right? When there's no, yeah, definitely. Com there's no competition, but he also, but he's the only one that eliminated from his, for as much as he benefited from the WWE, they benefited more. So, right. Financially, everything about it is way bigger for the WWE. They paid him big get, money. Right? He made, yeah, he, he got paid big money. But dude, the merch sales, how, what's the percentage of his merch you think he gets? Probably minuscule, right? Like the DVD sales, minuscule. Pay per view buys, minuscule. His yearly versus what they bring in yearly, minuscule, right? So yeah, he made good money, but he made them that money tenfold, 20fold, 30fold. We don't know, right? We don't know but, the financials, yeah, but like, that's I, just the business when you're the top guy. So it, it's it, like, hey, does he owe them anything? He made them more money than he made for almost guaranteed. So it's sort of like, you get the, you get on that platform. You hope that you could change the shit, make it better. He may have made it cooler. It's debatable, right? At that time, you know, for depending on how you look at the show, um, he had like memorable feuds. He made chicken salad and chicken shit often, and he won. He won everything that he could win there, and they still treated him like a fucking jabroni sometimes. Triple H beat him. Yeah, but clean. is it is it is there is there a chance that Punk himself is toxic? No, no doubt. There's no doubt there's a chance of it, right? Even in that podcast with Cole Cabana, Cole Cabana even playing devil's advocate goes, were you just an asshole? He's like, I know you, but he's like, were you an asshole and all that? But it's like, guess what, dude? People are assholes, right? And it's sort of like, if it's all about business, yeah, they didn't do right business-wise, you know, by punk. Well, dude, as far like, as I'm concerned. As far as you look, I'm going to give you a little bit more about punk. Um, you know, AEW, I want to just touch a little bit on how he's made a splash there, but I want to give you one more comparison because it is, it is relevant. And like the Kanye thing, the Vincent Gallo thing, whatever, but like my guy, Kevin Durant, he's like my favorite basketball player. One of my favorites of all game. time, <laughs> but look, dude, he's impossible to please. It, it seems like anyway, like he seems pretty internally unhappy because every time you look once again, KD's like, very sensitive and overly reactionary to the criticism. And they both seem to kind of like hold this like grudge mentality and whatever it is, it's like where they work and where they go, the team or the, or the atmosphere becomes toxic. And like, then they complain and then they become a distraction. And like, we're hearing about this stuff now with punk and AEW, whether it's true or not, but like the stuff with hangman page, it's like, 
you know, they there's some people that can't be pleased no matter what. And like eventually they have to figure it out. You know, if you're like if you got that negative outlook on life, everything's going to be negative and it's going to come out in everything you do. That I was never going to get healthy physically, mentally, spiritually or emotionally staying in the same place that got me sick in the first place. So I look at it like this. August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling. August 20th, 2021, I'm back. I'm back because I want to work with that young talent that had the same passion that I had stamped out. I'm back because there's a couple of scores to settle in that locker room. You guys um, have been pretty much all in. Um, the debut, we touched on it in our debuts episode. Uh, I loved like the MJ reference, like the I'm back stuff. Like it felt after the last dance aired, like maybe Punk did get reinvigorated to come back because it was all about Chicago. Um, it was cool. He was basking in the moment when he came back, did the promo. Um, we touched on it in our debuts episode, but since then he had the MGF feud, like he's, he was a worker, you know, fighting those guys on the undercard. Like we saw him fight some guys, Darby Allen stuff, even in the debut was cool since he's been back. Um, we talked earlier about his like wrestling style and the fluidity. Like some people have called him sloppy, like he's past his prime lazy bocce all this stuff have you guys enjoyed the aew run as much as you thought you would like after the debut i feel like all these people going bocce and all that they're talking about like one or two matches the hangman match and all the rest because like at the at the after his first match the crowd's chanting you still got it you know what i mean so it's sort of like i don't know about all that i feel like it's a very i feel like when you focus on like the twitter verse it's this Mm. isolated group of toxic humans from Twitter no matter what, no matter what they dude. look at, you know what I mean. I don't no even know what, why I open it. It's, yeah, exactly. It's I feel all the same. Negative, man. No matter what they're looking at, they're shitting on it. You yeah, know what I mean, you look in the comments, they're shitting on it. So like, I don't even take that in there. Like he's botchy. It's like, yeah, he botched in the Hangman match when we were there too. And then, yeah, yeah. Forget then when he got hurt. Yeah. Other forget than the that, Twitter. Though, forget that yeah. shit. But like, have you guys enjoyed the AEW run? Because it's been a year. Yeah, I have. You see me in on video marking out when he wins the world <laughs> title. You know what I mean? I fucking loved it. And like the MJF stuff was like the best shit in wrestling as as that was happening. Um, the match was very good. I thought he's had good matches, like that Darby match. I remember that pay-per-view. I remember talking about it with friends, like that pay-per-view. That was my favorite match of the night, was him and Darby. You know, and like an AEW cards usually have a few matches you could pick from. You know, it's not usually one match where you're like, This is clearly the best. Yeah. Um there's usually a few you could go from. And I still thought that night I was like, Darby and Punk was the best match. Like it's just, I'm just, I'm just happy to see the guy again. Yeah. Weekly or whenever you see him having more matches. I like that. He's having matches. It's not like this WWE champion thing where like, you might not necessarily see the guy wrestle until the pay-per-view or whatever, you know, you get matches every here and there. Got to see cool sting, like him teaming up with sting and Darby and the face paint having like the time, time of his life, you know, and some of this shit. So Duke, have you enjoyed the uh, AEW stuff a year in now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember it's funny because I always think that special moments. There's two things: 
special moments and traumatic moments. I think that you always know where you are, who you're with, etc. And um, I remember, strangely enough, I was uh, fish sitting for my brother. Nice. So I was at his house and I put on Rampage and I watched it by myself. And I remember like the speculation was CM Punk was coming back. You know, it's that weird thing where like, you know, but you don't really know. Mm-hmm. And like, as soon as that, you know, I was like, holy shit. Like yeah. I freaked out. I have goosebumps right now that you can't see. And I had tears in my eyes, man. I did. Like, as corny as that sounds, like, I was just so genuinely happy. And I was happy for him, you know, to, like, because he loved pro wrestling at one point in his life. And, like, it's a shame that, you know, it's happened to all three of us here. You were in love with something at some point, and it goes away, and that sucks. But to realize that you can get that again, and that it can be even better than before is awesome, man. And I, like, I remember, um, I text Mortis and like, we were both like freaking out and, uh, yeah, man, it was awesome. Like Frank said, it was just so great to see him and, um, him and Darby, you know, that match was cool. And then the MJF feud was so good because of all like the callbacks of, you know, mm-hmm. his feuds in ROH. And then when he came out, in the old school gear and to AFI, you know, like I, that was awesome. Um, and as far as like the, you know, losing a step thing, sure. The guy's 44 years old mm-hmm. and like, do you guys do things as good as you did when you were younger? Cause I don't, you know, like, um, and it's I, easy to, I play no mercy as good as I did when that's I was true. You do. You're, you're very good at no mercy. Um, Well, yeah, man, I'm super, I'm super excited that he's back. I hope that, you know, if he, like Kenny, I said this last week about Kenny Omega, if you're not hurt, dude, or if you're hurt still, like, go heal up, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'd rather him. And that's another thing. As we get older, we don't heal as quickly, Yeah, you know? So, like, this guy probably needs more time. Like, it's a shame because I was so fucking pumped for that match after the promo you know, with him and Moxie on Dynamite, and then mm-hmm. it turned into this little, you know. Yeah, we're going to see where that goes. Look, but, the MJF stuff was, to me, some of the best stuff that, that I've watched since really getting back into wrestling, which is yeah, the last, that's, you know, couple of years. I think that's AEW's best feud, hands down. Yeah, I loved all that stuff. Um, I re- really did enjoy his stuff with uh, Moxley, you know, leading up here. We'll see where it goes. But my thing is, like, I want him, you know, from a fan's point of view, like, I hope he is at peace here. Like, I hope he has a sense of peace. I hope he has a sense of enjoyment. Like, I hope he's happy there. And I think, um, I hope we get more years out of him. Like, I hope he's not done. I hope he's not slowing down because just him being on these shows makes the show feel bigger than anyone else they can have right now. I don't care. Even if they plucked, Roman Reigns, who's the biggest, like, I don't care who they could get CM Punk on their show makes me feel like the show is bigger. He was the biggest name in pro wrestling, you know, for a long time. He's arguably the biggest name in pro wrestling like now, now. like yeah. you said, like in AEW, he's, he's perfect there. You know, is there I mean? anyone, like, is there anyone in, in 
WWE or any world of wrestling right now that you would rather be on the top of your wrestling promotion than CM Punk? Even now, like, is there anyone? Because not for me. I don't, and I'll tell you, I, I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because I don't think there's anybody that's such a total package like Punk. You know what I mean? So like, even if he's getting a little older and he lost the step, he hasn't lost a step on the mic at all. He hasn't lost a step right. telling stories at all. You know, where somebody like Roman, you know, yeah. Roman's a part of a whole package that makes that whole thing so solid. You know? He doesn't like, make it. He yeah. still don't make it feel like, yeah, you know what you punk, know? you know what punk gives you is like the anything could happen vibe. Mm-hmm. Like whether he's on the mic in a ring now, Cody Rhodes, you know, that's my guy. So I would put him like right neck and neck with, with maybe with CM Punk right now, as far as who I'd want on top. I was, but. I was going to say Cody, but I Cody in WWE, exactly. I think Cody, at the top there would like I'm really looking forward to the story of Cody comes back at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> he wins the Royal Rumble and he wins the title at WrestleMania. I'm Wayne really Deagle. Wayne Deagle, right? Wayne Deagle title. Uh in sure. my dreams. I, yeah, I don't it. think that's gonna happen, but I would love it. Did you just but... say you're not into it? I did. All right. Okay. Let me I just, I, I'm not even going to justify you with reasoning. Let me give you some quick fires real quick. Favorite CM Punk match or feud from anywhere. ROH, WWE. It could be AEW. Favorite match or Dude, feud. Dude, I might, I, it might be like sacrilegious to the ROH guys, but I think I go CM Punk versus John Cena. It's my favorite match. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. 2011. Mm-hmm. The crowd. The Just Electric. all all of that shit together. Yep. yep. I think that's my favorite CM Punk match. You know, mm-hmm. and I, those Joe matches are great. You know, he's had other great matches. But once guys, again, but... like it, there's really not a whole big story there. You yeah. know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Duke. Yeah, mine's the same. Cena, 100. percent Even right. like the little things that he said, like you know, John, I don't even hate you. I hate this. Yeah, idea yeah. that you're the best, you know, yeah, and like yeah, that's, that's a good line. And it's true, like that pipe bomb, like I am the best on the mic, on commentary, in the ring, like it's all true, man. Like in the ring, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, it's debatable. Well, storyteller in the ring, but yeah, yeah, I, I get but, what you're saying. You know, pure technical wrestling. I don't think anybody's beaten Brian Danielson, but yeah. right, the total package. We've said all the time, it's not about wrestling. That guy. Mm-hmm. Is a superstar, man. Yeah, mine is probably the CM Punk Taker feud, as mm-hmm. far as like, but I do think the match at Money in the Bank is probably my favorite if I'm going to watch one CM Punk match. Um, a quick little one though, I was there live, but like him actually he teamed with Moxley, I think it was against FTR on a dynamite. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that was like a super fun match. I'm yeah, not saying it's yeah. the best, but like another great one that he had. Oh, uh, yeah recently and for and people that's what's cool about AEW. they'll give you those like fun like little yeah, dream matches exactly, you know like because yeah. like for no other reason than hey man cm punk and moxley want to work here FTR. Yeah. yeah exactly like, let's and it, go. it felt like the mega powers again teaming up to me because i'm a moxley guy, yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um and an, an obscure one that i actually watched this week that i never saw but punk versus ray mysterio and eddie guerrero in a three-way it was for iwa it's oh obs- yeah it's an obscure I've read one about that i've never seen yeah. that though yeah watch it it's it's very weird to see them mm-hmm. fighting in that like environment but it's yeah, an obscure one um some Ray's quick still going man 
some quick fun facts about our guy punk as we get out of here but you out you guys might know some listeners might not know but before debuting he was part of john cena's wrestlemania 22 entrance holding the tommy gun as an old stool it's so weird man it's so funny always seeing like these guys it's just like extras or security or something yep i know you guys are comic book guys and uh if you ask punk he'll tell you his favorite comic book is preacher which is a Vertigo comic. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It seems uh, on brand with Punk, though, if I'm being honest. Yep. He's the fastest wrestler to ever win a WWE Triple Crown. It only took 203 days. WWF title, Intercontinental title, tag title. So he's the fastest to ever do it. I do not remember him winning the Intercontinental title. I guess that wasn't good enough for him, you know, because, you know, it's the fastest to win a Triple Crown, 400 days as champion, but... Let me stop. Um, CM. You didn't talk Yo, about Seamus' uh, resume makes punks look like dog shit. That's though. absolutely true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Also, so maybe, you didn't mention, maybe he's right. Uh, you didn't mention Kevin Nash sticking him. Uh, yeah. You know, I wanted to get into the Nash Triple H I punk stick love triangle. I got, I got the text. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. That was the most confusing program. Yeah. That was so it doesn't weird. fucking make sense, bro. Nope. None of it makes sense, and like none shit, of it. This is we why got I like some funny shit though. Yeah, this is why I would make me and you start arguing about punk and shit. It's sort of like I'm like, because we'll like gloss over shit. I'm like, bro, it doesn't fucking make sense. I'd be mad too. You know what I mean? Like that Nash one, I'm with you out on, of nowhere, bro. And it was like a text. I got a text from somebody, and then they said he Had stole stick Triple H's phone and sent himself. It's like, what, bro? What the fuck are we talking and about? And Nash all of a sudden yeah, forgot yeah. how to talk. Did you remember those promos? <laughs> like, he just, he didn't even sound like Kevin Nash anymore. It was oh, like man. he was yelling, but his voice was low. It was so weird, you know? And I, dude, they really, they botched that whole thing when Triple oh, H got man. involved. What good came from it though was those Triple H and the punk interactions where mm-hmm. where they felt like they were shooting a little bit of the two of them just mm-hmm. kind of shit on each other. And you could see, listen, Triple H is a professional. We know him, right? He's great at what he does. But you could see in his fucking face when Punk is saying some of the things that he's saying to that Triple H is looking at him like. You little piece of shit. Yeah, you, you know little I mean? pipsqueak motherfucker. Yeah, he's just looking at him, smiling, like so smug, like I would. It's like, I'll get you back. Put, yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll get you back. You know, I'll, and I'll he did. put you in a feud with Kane and dress yep. slacks. No, dude, that Triple H stuff with Kevin Nash and, and Punk was, it was so confusing that when I was researching it, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to confuse the listeners if I try to even walk them through this feud. So um, if you guys want to look up the little exchange between Kevin Nash and CM Punk, there is a little comedic moment in there with Punk reading the text from his sister, Shailene. You want to see the text message my little sister, Shailene, sent me last night? Here, here it is. OMG, Kevin Nash, WTF, thought he was dead, LOL. All right, closing thoughts on Punk. For me, I'm going to leave it to you guys on the, uh, at the end here. But I just want to say, look, I love his wrestler. Love him as a wrestler on the screen. I think he's one of the best storytellers ever. I said it. He's one of the best talkers ever. Um, I'm not even going to get into the stuff that I don't like because I'll keep it positive on the end here. He's an A-plus for me as a wrestler on screen. I hope he never retires. I hope he's always involved somehow. I hope he's happy. I hope he's at peace. I love the AEW stuff. Uh, what are your guys' closing thoughts on the man, CM Punk? Dude, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, he's, you know, I'm not a big list guy like you are. You always want to make all these lists. But for a guy to have been my favorite wrestler at a point in my life, he's got to be on my, you know, all-time favorites list. I definitely think that he's, um, I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time, I think, which is crazy. Because, like, you look at where he came from and how he looked in the basketball shorts and the long stringy hair and, like, the Pepsi tattoo and blah, blah, blah. But I think he's definitely the the biggest success story, I think, ever to become WWE champion. Brian's up there, too. Yeah. But, you know, I think um, overall he's probably the biggest success story in the history of uh, guys to become WWE champion. And I love him. And, um, you know, I hope that he takes care of his body. I hope that he isn't this bitter guy, you know, that you hear about and stuff like that, because that shit takes a toll on you. And I hope that he, you know, as he gets older, he appreciates the good and stuff. And I think in AEW, he does. He seems happy there. So I'm glad to see him back. And I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk about this superstar. Rex is digging the hole that Triple H tried to bury him in his whole (laughs) career behind you. But (laughs) what I think of Punk, this is what I think of Punk. Oh, oh, fading in and out. Look at that. Best in the world. You were there for that. Come on, man. Don't, don't, don't forget it. Mammoth in that picture. I have to, uh, werewolf play, uh, CM Punk's pro bono lawyer when talking with John Tucci all the time, but, uh, (laughs) but I love the dude. I think, you know, he's creeping into my top 10. He, by the end of his career, by the end of this run, he may be in my top 10. I, um, you know, I just, I just, I love his matches. He's the coolest guy on the screen every time he's there. In my opinion, you know, he, the promos are legendary. I, feel like I could understand where he's coming from. Like in the beginning we said, is he misunderstood or not? And I feel like, I feel like he's probably just like a, a complicated person to deal with. And we just, you know, not every, he rubs people wrong. You know, I rub people wrong. Yeah. Same here. So just, I probably I feel, I feel hate, like it's relatable. I, I probably yeah. dislike CM Punk's uh, tendencies probably because I carry some of the same ones. So I'll just yeah. call a spade a spade, <laughs> you know? So like, he's a, he's a top guy for me. Um, like I mentioned earlier too, like I, I noticed reviewing all this stuff. It's like, Oh, my fandom with WWE kind of went when punk went, you know, it was like, I sort of fell out of the love so much for the show because he was, what was keeping me going over there. And when he dipped, dipped, I dipped. And also I think it's something to say for years after the fact, when he was long gone, every time you went to a raw or SmackDown or whatever, there was a CM Punk chain. CM Punk. Every every AEW show from day one, I was at that very first show, there was CM Punk chance. You know, so like until he came. So like there's something about him, like Duke said, he's generational. Whether we, we whether we like it or not, right? He's a generational talent. He's crushed it everywhere he's gone, you know. Maybe he wasn't satisfied with WWE's run, but he still had a Hall of Fame career run there. Yeah. And um do you hope you know, they, he's a, one of the goats to me as far as I'm concerned? 
Yeah, and for listeners that uh, aren't watching on YouTube, Frank has displayed a giant photo <laughs> of CM Punk's celebratory championship win uh, at AEW Double or Nothing. Frank so was there for. We were both there yeah, for that one. For we it, were yeah. so we were side by side. I was actually Team Hangman that night, but you all were actually. Even my buddy Taylor was uh, Team Hangman that night. <laughs> yeah, we were it Team was Hangman. Just me. That's why I stood up and fucking <laughs> celebrated. You lost your mind, brother. And I mean, I was. Look, deep down, I was happy for Punk, though. And like I said, I hope he's happy. I, I think this has been a great run. Do you guys hope – this is a, a one last question. Do you guys hope he ever appears on WWE TV again? Do you hope they make amends? Does it matter to you? Do you want him in the WWE Hall of Fame? Does any of that mean anything to you? To me, it doesn't matter. Like Normally, I would want this resolution with a guy. You know, like, like with Brett, for example. Brett was one that it was like I was happy to see – you know, it shake out or whatever, but I feel like it's it's so personal with Punk, you know, that like he's already said he's never going to do it, never going to do business with him again. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, but I don't need it personally. I don't need him to do that. I feel like if he has a good run in AEW and he feels like that's what he wished the WWE was or whatever, then that's the way you go out. You know, you don't got to be in that Hall of Fame to be legitimate. We always no, talk about yeah, guys who are, yeah, who, are, who are not in it. So it's like, I don't think it's necessary. Would it be cool way down the line? Maybe when he's old man punk, if they squash it, I'm not going to be against it. But, uh, but like, I don't, I don't need to see him in the WWE ring to feel satisfied with him, uh, with his run, his career. Um, you know, I guess it yeah. could be cool if he main evented WrestleMania, like he always wanted, but like, that's so, that seems like such a stretch that, I'm not even going to hold on to it at all. Yeah. Duke, would, it, would you like to see him shake the old man Vince's hands on a live WWE Hall of Fame ceremony? Well, Vince McMahon no longer works there. So oh, well. He's not allowed. You got to put him in the Hall of Fame one year, right? Can they put Vince in the Hall of Fame? They I mean, should. That's he one could. way to get him on TV, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the next time I'd like to see Punk on WWE programming when he's in the Hall of Fame. Not and if he's not in it, it's nonsense. It's political bullshit because yeah. the guy absolutely belongs. Um, but no, I don't have any desire to see him back in a WWE ring at all. Okay. If that's something that he wants to do later on, you know, good for him. I'll support him no matter what. But Yeah. Well, personally, I mean, I'd love to see the happy ending. I think, like I said before, you know, carrying all that resentment and whatnot, and I hate, hopefully that's all subsided either way, but it'd be nice to see them kind of just put it all behind them, especially like triple H's stuff that went on with him. You know, it'd be cool to maybe just see a moment where they like, you know, even if it's not on screen, just it'd be cool to have them reconnect. But um, punk has a quote. It says, I think being angry is what keeps me motivated to keep going. So if he believes it, that might be where it's coming from. You know what I'm saying? Um, he is who he is. He's polarizing, like we said at the top. Um, I think there's people now that are starting to kind of turn on him. And if they unleash the heel punk in AEW, look the F out. Because they're not ready. They're not ready. And we're going to be talking about a second Hall of Fame career. Maybe even a third. Because you got the Ring, Ring of Honor, the WWE. Yeah. Maybe he's a three-time Hall of Famer. Dude, for if he can have a real run to end AEW, not that this isn't so far, I feel like it's been good, but like let's say it becomes legendary with a heel turn. Three companies, like are there any guys who've been to three different promotions that set them on fire like that? It's like it's hard to say. 
No, there hasn't. Not that I can think of. Chris but... Jericho. He said, what's the third promotion? He said WCW, WWE, and I don't, I don't think he set WCW <laughs> on fire, though. Yeah. No, he tried with those 1,004 holds, but yeah, uh, yeah. he was one short, one hold short. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but listen, this has been fun diving into the history of CM Punk. We we got into every bit of it, I feel like. But if we didn't, let us know in the comments. Tell us some things we forgot. Some things I might have been too stiff about. Some things maybe Frank was a little too stiff about. Maybe... You know, we showed Punk enough love. I hope we did because I wanted it to be appreciation. And we wanted to keep it real. Um, We all do love CM Punk, the wrestler. We hope he keeps going for another 10, 15 years, hopefully. Just stay on our TV screens because it wasn't the same without I don't want him to go another 15 years. Well, look, dude, he could be on commentary. I don't want him to be 60. Go on commentary, Punk. We just want him around. Yeah, he can do that. Because it's been great. And this has been great. It's been fun. We're going to catch you next time. This has been No Sold. And as CM Punk says, go to sleep. We'll see you next time. I'm a guy, for all intents and purposes, never should have even made it to the WWE. I've had roadblock after roadblock after roadblock thrown in my way. But not only did I get past those roadblocks, I did it while flipping off the people who put up those roadblocks. I feel I have a responsibility to the younger wrestlers on the roster, the ones who aren't signed yet, and the future of pro wrestling as a whole to help make this place better and to change this place. I certainly can't change it by sitting on my couch in Chicago. I am the best wrestler.